Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Pirelli tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. That's TireRack.com, TireRack.com, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Thanks for listening to the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio, happy Friday. Today's Friday. Yes, Bill Belichick. Finally, you and I agree on something. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's good advice for all players. Chicken's pretty good. It's got a little bit stuck in my teeth. It's pretty kind of good advice. Just a little bit. We got a a floss. Got Got a magazine insert. You know, one of those subscription things, so I can use that 
Got the got the big corner. Get him out of me. Welcome in the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. More information, visit Geico.com. We have a big night tonight. We have all the football to get to, college football tomorrow. Tim Tebow is turned into a hot take machine. I'm Good so for excited. him. We have big NFL news and we have four, count them four, not one, not two, not two, not three, four. Playoff baseball games to get to, two in the books, two still going on. Get you updated on what's going on right now before we get to what we saw today. Uh, the biggest at-bat of the game, Yankees and the Red Sox. Labor Torres batting with the bases loaded. Two outs. The Yankees had cut a 5-0 Red Sox lead to 5-2. to two. They chased Chris Sale, who was cruising from the game. Torres strikes out on a full count on a pitch in the dirt. Poop fest. So Boston now batting in the bottom of the sixth inning, now with a 5-2 to two lead, breathing a little bit easier. But what did we say last night? I picked the Yankees, and I'm still sticking with the Yankees because that Red Sox bullpen is not very good. They suck. They're out of Chris Sale right now. The Yankees have three more times to bat if the bullpen can keep this close with that lineup. 5-2 turns into 5-5 pretty quick. But... They did. That was the biggest at-bat of the game. Torres strikeout. Red Sox breathe a sigh of relief for a minute. Workman got him chasing. 10-pitch at-bat. Three strikes. That's all it takes. But certainly, you look at the the way that inning set up, it looked like they were getting ready to do one of those conga line deals uh, as the tension mounted. Uh, but Torres gets caught swinging well over the top of a, a pretty well-placed ball down in the zone. You know, I called my dad on the way in when it was 5 yep. nothing. And, you know, my dad, biggest Yankee fan in the world. Maybe he'll do a little bit of Ask Walter tonight, depending how he No, feels. he's going to be salty and drunk. Uh, I, I don't know that ends yeah. well for us. Well, maybe. Yeah, there is that possible. Well, anyway, so I call him and I go, I go, it was 5 nothing, And he answered the phone. He goes, hello. And I said, hey, what's going on? He goes, hey. I go, hey, just want to call and make sure you're okay. And he goes, no, I'm pretty far from blank and okay. <laughs> He really, he like, went all Pulp Fiction on like you? Marcellus Wallace. No, Bush. So now I'm we know he's watched. Okay. No, now we know he's watched the movie. So he can't claim he hasn't seen that one if he's using that line. No, I'm pretty I'm pretty far from bleeping okay. Like, all right, so I talked to him for a couple minutes, and, you know, Sal is just a machine and our pitching and blah, blah, blah. And I knew and all this. I'm like, okay, good. So I'm glad he got to vent to me about this. That's game. not too bad. The other thing to remember off of Sal is that he hadn't pitched very much since July, right? He's yeah. been injured and then precautionary measures since they had such a ridiculous lead that there was no reason to rush him back. So you get five and a third out of him, eight strikeouts, 93 pitches, did a good job of working counts and getting him elevated in the pitch count. And now we roll through and we see if the bullpen can hold serve. Yeah, and look, the Red Sox even said before the game, Cora said, look, they said, what would you want out of him? What in a perfect world out of Chris Sale? And they said 18 outs. So they wanted him to get through six innings. Right. And that was it. He was almost there, and he did get two. But now they're still protecting a three-run lead with three innings to go. But let's face it, in in the world that we're living in, 2018 Major League Baseball, getting six innings out of any starting pitcher, injured or not, is your hope, <laughs> right? Whether they're coming back off an injury, suspensions, whatever chaos ensues, you get six innings out of a guy anymore, you're celebrating. I mean, how many rotations do you have where you've got one guy on your staff that can do that? anymore with regularity not that you don't get the odd odd man you know seven innings start from a guy uh but jay happ on the other hand failed miserably two innings pitch five earned runs 
four big big hits and the Martinez blow uh, that sends him early into the night. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox Twitter at How About a Fresca Mike at Swollen Dome the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon. So. That's where the Yankees and Red Sox sit. Meanwhile, the Dodgers and the Braves. Happy Kershaw Day, although he's not happy because it's game two. Uh, but the Dodgers, very happy. They lead 2 nothing. I had just turned to you before what happened and said, you know, Manny Machado has had some really bad at-bats. Oh, no, it's been ugly. Games. Yeah, he's, he's been... Had, I mean, he had a great September, yeah. and but the last two games, the, 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 the divisional clinching game... And game one, he has had some really bad at-bats. And then as soon as I say that, Manny Machado goes deep. Two-run homer. Maybe he just needed to, to bat against Sanchez because for his lifetime now he's 8 for 15 against him. But as I said, boy, you know, he is he has had some bad at-bats the last two games. Bang, a home run. Now, apparently Sanchez, 8 for 15, four home runs. Lifetime. Uh, the cure for anything that'll ail you there, obviously. Animal give me a Sanchez. guy that I just work. Give me a special delivery Jones guy it, that I could just work like on. I'm, I'm pressing. I'm struggling. I'm trying to make my worth here, right? I mean, meaningful at bats. Hasn't seen those very often in Baltimore in a very long time. So comes in trying to press and make his mark on things. And here he finally gets a cookie. Oh, oh we're going to have cookies? Well, I got brown. I got. I brought in blondies. You did bring in brownies tonight. Yeah, it's I nice did. on a Friday. I brought in guacamole. Nice. You brought in brownies. Just so you know, our Friday night is kind of like the Friday night you spend at your friend's house when you're like in your early twenties and you're not really doing anything. Maybe you're going to go out at like eleven or twelve o'clock and you just sit around watching movies and texting people, or whatever, and eating whatever food is there. No, no, come on. Well, no, I mean, no, you're, you're twenty years you're old said and twenties, chilling. Uh, come on, you could be. Hey, look, it could be in the mid forties and fifties uh, and, and chilling too, man. buddy. You got any of that legal marijuana, man? I mean, not the illegal stuff. Oh, you mean it's all legal because we're in L.A., man? All right, we got brownies and guacamole. I mean, that's kind of what our Friday night is. We sit around, we eat. You know, food like this and watch games. We watch That's games, we, we watch a couple of movies as the night goes on, and we try to entertain you and inform you as you're out and about on a Friday. We thank you for taking a few minutes with us as we come to you from the Geico Studios. So Clayton Kershaw, before announcing he'll opt out of his Dodger contract, oh, too soon? Look at you. It's, it's too soon, bro. But between that and your Andrew Luck take last Woo! night, it seems like the whole world, does, does all anybody does sit around and wait to jump on people's yeah. opinions? That's, I'll tell look, you what. Here, I, I don't have the, a job dealing no. with any of this, but I'm going to spend the next 12 hours tweeting you on the hour yeah. about how much I hate your opinion. I love it. We Keep it a, coming. We <laughs> had a big day social media today. We talked about how <laughs> overrated Andrew Luck is and about Clayton Kershaw. The Dodgers could be pushing him to opt out. It could be one of their ulterior motives for pushing him to game two. We know Kershaw is pissed. He said so last night. We was getting ready for game two. So those are two big things. Had a big day social media-wise. And, yeah, you know, that seems to happen now. I'm going to wait and insert myself into this conversation. Okay. And you know what? Here's the thing is that I'll go back and forth with some people. I mean, many people at NFL are so mad at my Andrew Luck. Oh, how do you say about Andrew? Because he is overrated. Is he? Is he I, don't, I don't know what he – they purport him to be. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he, I don't know. Look, and we, we, we disagree, I think, in terms of where his value is because you got to elevate – your team, but right now he's elevating what is a uh, a deplorable team, to use that term. I mean, right? Captain Andrew Luck is a better Twitter account than he is a football player. I mean, there's, oh. <laughs> there's just no talent 
on that roster <laughs> at all right now. So to to put it all on him, I can't. Clearly, the front office was a train wreck, mm-hmm. and they're trying to rebuild, and it looks like they've at least got some people that have an idea of how to draft and build a team. So maybe in two to three years' time, if he can stand upright, they'll have a team around him to where you can see some results. But in the interim, you've got a lot of empty stats, right? It's it's the empty suit theory that we have in Oakland with Reggie McKenzie. And while people may get mad at John Gruden for what he has to say, the only thing I'm mad about is that he's basically undressed the guy that's still in the job, (laughs) saying, you've done a terrible job and I'm stuck doing things because of you. Okay? So you've got an empty suit prospect. The the Ty Lue idea in Cleveland when LeBron James was there. Just keep trickle-down effect. Here, you got Andrew Luck with a, a shell of a team, and if he makes it through 16 games, I'll, I'll applaud him for that. <laughs> you know, it is an interesting phenomenon how people want to jump in, and people with check marks who want to jump in for an opinion of either Andrew Luck is overrated or the Dodgers are pushing Clayton Kershaw out, and they act like you've offended them personally. Well, that's the larger thing. I mean, that's the greatest but part. That, I got that's people what, that's from what the I NFL know. with check marks that are saying, this, I can't believe that one guy said, what, what, that I was I, I, I was running rampant across across America? Like, I was suddenly I was ruining America. Well, but if you were like Hulkamania, <laughs> if, you're running, if you're ruining America because you've got a hot take on Andrew Luck, then God bless us. I'm going back to the negotiation table and and we're gonna have a lot of fun but I mean, <laughs> good god man the, the way it becomes this personal attack oh it's like awesome. nobody's going after you and your love of andrew luck you, you got to do that yeah. you got the poster on the wall or on your ceiling <laughs> have at it uh so that's where we're at right now clayton kershaw up to nothing dodgers batting in the bottom of the second inning boston still up five two over the yankees in the seventh but Earlier today, Houston beat the Indians 7-2. They take game one. They hit a lot of home runs. And the big takeaway from this game is I really was surprised that a team and a manager like Frank Cohn, who likes to, doesn't mind taking guys out early. You know, he's the guy that really, a couple of years ago, jumped in with the, hey, I'll take my starting pitcher out and put my closer in in the fifth inning. Well, the, yeah, like, the way he Whoa. worked the bullpen with four different guys and shuffled them as necessary. Yeah, you're like, what's going on? Why, sure. why, why is Andrew Miller coming in in the fifth inning? Because Terry Francona wants to bring him in that early. He will go to his guy. I know he's got a thing for Corey Kluber, and Corey Kluber is a, a phenomenal pitcher. But you could tell today he didn't have it. Right, He hit a couple of guys, which he doesn't hit guys, and he gave up a home run, a couple of hard base hits, and I'm thinking, okay, that's it. He's 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 got to go get him because in the playoffs, games get away from you very quickly. But he stuck with him, let him give up back-to-back home runs, and the game was over. I mean, now you're chasing four runs, and suddenly it's, boy, that happened really, really fast. And by the time you claw back and get a couple of runs, well, it's, it's still it's 4-2, it's 5-2, it's 6 and then you're done. But that's a, that's a situation where if he has a, a better hook on Kluber and a better read on him for the day, that maybe this game goes a little bit differently in the Indians tight, and who knows what happens from there. But really, after that, I mean, after it was bang, a home run, and then bang, a big hit, and then another big hit, and the, and the quote, exit velocity off of, these, off of these pitches, and I'm going, okay, this is not Kluber's day. You could just tell it wasn't his day, and he left him in. And that that's a regular season move, and that's something that really surprised me that he let that he left him in that long, and then the game got out of hand. Still, your ace thinking that he can go into the bag of tricks that even if he doesn't have his best stuff, 
uh, that you can buy another inning of work, right? Only gave up two off the Bregman home run in the fourth, thinking you come back out in the fifth. Maybe he shakes that off if you're only down 2 nothing, goes back to what we talked about with the A's the other day, right? If you get if you only gave up two runs in the in through five, you were feeling okay with your bullpenning session. Likewise here, thinking you get to the fifth and you're good, well, he gives up another home run, and all of a sudden it's 4 nothing. But you're still within a slam, much like we've been talking about here with the Red Sox and Yankee game. Uh, as on a fly ball, people are now avoiding birds uh, in their <laughs> in their way of trying. It's a mad, mad, mad world we're living in here, Smith. But uh, I think that's it. You're just trusting that even with his 80 percent or whatever percentage you want to throw on his velocity, his what his breaking balls doing and everything that you're going to be able to get through. Unfortunately, in in this part. You're also facing Verlander, who was lights out, and there was no chance to get back into the game. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show, with my best friend Mike Harmon. And yes, Dodgers threatening again. They have a runner at second with one out in the bottom of the second inning. They already lead the Braves two to nothing. So we got more baseball. We'll keep updated on what's going on in both of these games. But straight ahead, Tim Tebow, hot take machine. I love it. This is the story we need today, and it's next on Fox. First and foremost, I just have to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is not a hot take. Not a hot take. That's a Tim Tebow take. It's not a hot take. Today's Friday. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Wow, you said that so authoritatively. My best friend. Everybody's uh, all dressed in Dodger gear around here. I didn't get the memo, nor did anybody give me a jersey. Let's I mean, did, was it free jersey and T-shirt no, day at the – I mean, I wasn't here there. early enough to get one. No, you want to know a funny story? So today is uh, – at my daughter's school the, is the it's fall Kershaw carnival. Day. Right. Well, this is what plays into it. So today was uh, the fall festival at my daughter's school. And they have rides and everything. It's a big day, big fundraiser for the school. And so whenever something has to uh, be said on the microphone, they ask me to do it because, you know, I'm a broadcaster. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. All right, we'll, so, be, we'll decide. So, sure. I, so I get over, what do you mean we'll decide? I don't know, I just felt like. You just say that because they say that. They normally, the that's, side of the that's what they say. But they, so. but they, say but they were asleep, they sense. were napping. No, but they, they, that was not a place for them to say that. That wouldn't make sense in that but, situation. But normally they would just for me. Oh, sometimes I feel like Dennis and it's always sunny. What are you talking about? That doesn't make sense. All right, so anyway, so. I get on the loudspeaker, and I go, welcome to the fall festival, all the stuff. I said, also known as Clayton Kershaw Day, and everybody goes, yeah, because all the parents there are wearing Kershaw jerseys. They're all excited. It's, it's like you're so, uh, on a band on a tour. It's like, we nobody rocks like. Yeah, clearly, they don't <laughs> listen to the show. <laughs> hey, so Yeah, exactly. They'd be right. throwing tomatoes at him at this point. <laughs> so after we finished, they're all coming up to me and going, oh, hey, hey, Mr. Smith, Mr. Smith, and all that. Like, yeah, what do you think tonight? What do you think tonight? And I'm going, I said the Clayton Kershaw is getting pushed out. The Dodgers want him to go. I don't, I don't think I he said trade really that guy. <laughs> I've been saying trade him for a year and a half now. <laughs> you really want to know? But it was, it was. Oh, they're all like, oh, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Look, it's great. Everybody is wrapped up in in what's going on. There's no nights quite like tonight with four playoff baseball games and high drama right now. In Boston. Yes, the Dodgers are up 2-0 as the Braves bat in the top of the third inning. Two-run homer by Manny Machado in the bottom of the first. That kid made a great play. He's now becoming a social media superstar. Mm-hmm. Kid who caught the Machado home run ball. But what did I tell you about the Red Sox 
bullpen. They get lucky and get out of a bases-loaded two-out jam last inning, but now the Yankees have the bases loaded and nobody out in the top of the seventh, trailing 5-2. I said when I picked the Yankees, and I said it's going to be about their bullpen because the Red Sox bullpen is bad, and that's the big advantage you need in the playoffs because both teams can hit. Everybody hits. It's great lineups top to bottom. The Yankee bullpen is good, and the Red Sox bullpen is not. And here you are now, bases loaded, nobody out on a Chris Sale night when you're expecting, hey, things are going to be great. Now you're, oh, my God, we're going to hold on to this. Stanton's batting with the bases loaded. You're a little nervous right now. A little bit shaky, a little bit nervous. Only gave up two through six. Obviously, Sale only five and a third before leaving after 92, 93 pitches, depending on uh, your source. Evidently, there's a discrepancy of one pitch. That's fine. Uh, but the bullpen coming in, and, well, fortunately, Stanton's a little bit of a free swinger, uh, gets caught looking for a fastball, and down he goes, so one away, but the bags remain jammed. Yeah, no, cer- certainly that is the decided advantage, right? You do the tail of the tape. You do the six-page pullout section for any a newspaper or 400,000-word blog uh, uh, online or slideshows or whatever you're going to do. The the bullpen is obviously where the Red Sox are vulnerable. Just thinking that you would eke out the extra couple outs perhaps from sale. Not that it matters in game one. You'd figure that would show up later in the series, not be quite so substantive here in game one. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton swinging for the fences. Oh, yeah. Goes down on strike, so one out. In the top of the seventh, Yankees with the bases loaded. We'll have an update on that coming up in about five minutes. But Tim Tebow. I'm hot, so excited. Your guy. Machine. Yeah, buddy. It was earlier this week, Nick Saban took on the Alabama fan base by saying, hey, you guys need to come out and support us more because they didn't show up to a game against Louisiana Lafayette. Hey, the fan, fans are spoiled. You got to support us. And it became kind of a minor story. I think you should strip anybody that's got their season tickets. Done. <laughs> you didn't come? You didn't come. See you in hell. But I had relatives in the hospital. I'm sorry. You didn't come to the game. It's an awful you, you lot of those excuses. No. You can't go to the Auburn game. Uh, sorry. You, you, know, you didn't go to Louisiana Lafayette. Hey, you, you have enough clout to, to be punitive here get after it so that became a story earlier this week and today on espn tim tebow hot take machine said yeah nick saban i got your back listen i agree with him i love it i I think the fans are getting so entitled there at alabama specifically the students listen as a student you've done nothing to win all these titles okay you spent a little bit of your daddy's money to show up at a game and to go to school there you say you're the best fans in college football well you need to show up i don't care if you're playing louisiana whoever if you're playing hoover high school you show up to the game and you support your team because if if you want to say you're the best fans in the country, you show up every game, no matter what. Coach Saban is right. Alabama students, you need to show up for your team. Woo! My face is melting. It's melting. The microphone Woo! is melting. So Timo is just scorched the earth. Spending a little Tim of daddy's Timo. money. Yeah. Spending daddy's money and going to games. All right, let's stick with that part of it first. I know Tim Tebow. You have scholarship going to college. And many athletes did that. Um, how else is a 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old kid going to go to college and spend money on things? Um, I'm pretty sure it's your parents' money. Alabama is $11,000 a year in-state, $30,000 a year out-of-state. If you don't have a scholarship, you have to pay. 
Who's going to pay for it? You? You, Lieutenant Weinberg? You can get a job. You can get a job and go to school. You're going to walk in with $11,000 saved in tuition? Maybe you took a year off. Instead of going to Europe like you did, then maybe you went and got a job. Europe. I'm gonna go backpack through Europe for a year. I'd miss too much sports. I'd miss. I I, I couldn't do that. I'll tell you what. If I could hit the rewind the button, that might have been the uh, smart move. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go there. Uh, but I mean, really, that's what you know. People's parents pay for their college education. That's kind of how it goes. Tim Tebow sounds out of touch, and I say this because, even though he's going to be hitting third for the Mets next year. I say he's out of touch, and you know what? If fans don't go to games, they're not bad fans. You don't have to go. You bought the ticket. That's what Alabama wants you to do. You bought the ticket. You didn't go to the game. You didn't go to the game. Okay, but suddenly now you're bad fans and bad people because you didn't go to a game. Are you serious? This is what you want to stick with? This was Nick Saban trying to find something to motivate his team because Alabama has zero problems right now. None. They are rolling through everybody. They're going to roll all the way to the national championship because they're just that much better than everybody else. So Nick Saban is inventing stuff to motivate his team for. See? You know what? Fans don't come out. They don't, you know, they're spoiled. We got to show, give them a little show. We got to do something else. Trying to spur them out. All he's doing is trying to keep them in. It's like Steve Kerr with the Warriors. How do I keep you interested during the regular season when we know it's all about the playoffs? That's all Nick Saban is doing right now. I'm fighting off doldrums, but Tim Tebow is treating it like these are the worst. You want to be known as the best fans? I'm sorry. Do I get money? If I'm voted the best fans, if Gentleman's Quarterly Magazine votes me the best fans, do I get money? Do I get something? Well, no, that's the same, not. Adam. That same answer that Stephen Adams gave the other day when they he was voted the toughest guy. He goes, what does that get me? Sounds kind of dumb to me if I don't get an award or some <laughs> money or a bonus or whatever uh, that it goes through. For, for Saban, there was more to the quote, kind of talking about fans being there but not really being into the game. Look, I, I had that, that issue – and, and had it at Northwestern, and I know it's still a pervasive issue, and that happens with fan bases all over. There's just, unless there's a reason to cheer, a lot of folks are too busy looking at their phones, figuring out what the postgame party is going to be anyway. But for Tim Tebow, this was a, if you're going to come in, come in hot. And the daddy's money a comment, I don't think it's out of touch. I think he was just looking for the little bit of flavor and a little bit of spice hot take, Tim to go Tebow. with it. Well, that's it. Hot take, Tebow. Right? You didn't do anything to win, and, and certainly that's what I always say, right? When people start congratulating folks for winning, right? Hey, your your team won this game. Congratulate. You didn't do anything. <laughs> you sat on your ass and you drank a beer. I don't care. <laughs> but but that's just where we've fallen into. Likewise, I mean, that's all Tebow is doing. He's jumping on board Nick Saban and saying, hey, they, they got to push on to the next level of greatness, and if you can go after the fans a little bit and Tim Tebow gets a, gets to wear the black hat for once, it's a good thing. Well, you need to show up. I don't care if you're playing Louisiana whoever, if you're playing Hoover High School, you show up to the game and you support your team because if you want to say you're the best fans in the country, you show up every game no matter what. Coach Saban is right. Alabama students, you need to show up for your team. I heard that Jets thing, Frostberg. I'll get you. I'll get you. We you got to keep my car this. for the 30th time. Yeah. I'm going to actually finish my drawing on your car with my key. Uh, we'll <laughs> have more on this in the big weekend in college football coming up in a minute. But right now, things get a little closer at Fenway. Deb Carson has what's trending, DC. That's right. Voight with his second RBI of the night makes it a uh, two-run game now. 
Red Sox 5, Yankees 3. This is Game 1 at Fenway Park. Have a Game 2 underway at Chavez Ravine. Manny Machado with a two-run homer getting the Dodgers on the board early. 2-0. They lead the Braves and they are now in the bottom of the third inning. Two games are in the books. The other NLDS Game 2 was at Miller Park today. Brewers now up two games to none after shutting out the Rockies 4-zip. Game 3 of that matchup is Sunday in Denver. And Game 1 in Houston of the ALDS. The Astros hit four home runs in their 7-2 win over the Indians. Game two is Saturday in Houston. Carlos Carrasco on the hill for Cleveland. Garrett Cole will be pitching for Houston. You know, there's great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on car insurance. A couple of updates for you in NFL news. Packers receiver Randall Cobb is out for Sunday's game at Detroit because of his hamstring injury. But Devontae Adams will practice tomorrow with the calf ding. And Texans running back Lamar Miller will be a game-time decision for Sunday night against Dallas with a chest injury. Thanks, DC. You bet. Live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. More info, visit geico.com. Joining us now on the hotline, college football insider extraordinaire, friend of the show. Check him out at collegefootballnews.com. Every game you want to talk about, you want to preview, is there. Our friend Pete Futak. Pete, what's happening? How are you guys doing tonight? What's going on? I'm still recovering from my debacle last Saturday. The oh. Northwestern Wildcats against those Michigan Wolverines. Because you know what happened, Pete? I got text after text from Smith because his wife's an alum. It was not a good Saturday for me. Uh, well, just be impressed and happy that the Michigan alum knows how to use a phone. So, you know, start with that. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, wow. You go from there. Just don't, don't use the big words around them. Wow. You know, I, Pete, you, you Pete, come on, Pete. I got to go. Pete, come on, Pete. That game might have been the worst thing in the history of things. That was just a bad game. Yeah. It was boring. Neither team played well. You knew what was going to happen. It's just like, let's just get this movie over with already. Uh, but that was just a bad, bad game. I concur. <laughs> I, I like how you said that's the worst thing in the history of things. <laughs> it's like Tim Tebow. If you're going to have a take, yeah, right, you let, go hot take. Let, let's get to Tebow here, Pete. You know, we had Nick Saban say earlier in the week that he was upset the fans didn't come out for Louisiana Lafayette. Tim Tebow doubles down and says, you go to school on daddy's money. You want to be known as the best fans you go to games. I, I, I think the big point here is that Nick Saban is just trying to find a way to motivate his team as they steamroll through everybody. I don't think this is suddenly Alabama fans are the worst fans in the world. Where are you on this? Yeah, yeah, because they're bored. There's nothing else to do, so they have to try to do something to keep up the process. There, there's a couple of actual issues, not issues here, but parts to this puzzle which, which make a whole lot of sense. First of all, it is true. There's some stat that Alabama has got the biggest percentage over the last few years of upgraded national merit scholars. They've made a real push to go nationwide to try to get some of the smarter kids to make Alabama bigger and better as an academic institution, which is great. Uh, the thing is, you don't have necessarily people who grew up living and dying Alabama football and are actually there to go to school, you know, which is you know kind of a crazy concept. So, all right, so maybe they are Alabama football fans. That's fine, but if they're you know going to get blown out, maybe they just don't care about going there. The other thing about this which is actually a real thing. I was in Tuscaloosa a couple of weeks ago, and they were, everyone was kind of saying the same thing at once about this. 
the way the stadium is configured, when you have those afternoon games, if it's one of those Alabama days where it's like 90 degrees and 400% humidity, there is a relentless sun from for the entire game for about 35% of that stadium. And the student section makes a part of that. Who could sit in that for that long a time? It's just, even for fans who are used to that, it's impossible. At the same time, it's Louisiana. All right, you don't want to go, don't go. Just go out there, win your football game, and move on. All right, we got Kyler Murray uh, in the headline game on Fox going up against the the Longhorns. How did the Longhorns spring an upset? They're somehow finding a way to get it done. I mean, it's a a no-name team. There just isn't a whole lot of talent there. Uh, but that defense just keeps on doing anything it needs to do to survive. And, you know, it's easy to, to rip on Tom Herman a little bit because they didn't blow up last year and they lost to Maryland twice. And you know, But you know what? This team is starting to figure something out, again, without the superstar talent. Last year, it took a Heisman-winning late play by Baker Mayfield to pull this off for Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma wins. Tight game, though. I mean, Texas plays close games. They've been they've been pushed a little bit. Like Iowa State at least gave them a little bit of a game. Uh, I, I think it's going to be close. I do think Oklahoma pulls it off, though. All right, Pete, I'd like to do this with you. If I could lock you in a room and say you could only see one top 25 game this week. We just talked about Texas-Oklahoma, so that's out the window. We'll give a different game. One game you can see this weekend. What's the one game you watch? So really, so first of all, you're locking me in a room, which is exciting enough. Let's just start yeah. there. Well, escape rooms and, are all the craze, but I, Pete. <laughs> but I get a TV, so that's good. You get so a TV. Watch, so I have to watch a game. I, I mean, Texas Oklahoma is the one I really want to see. Obviously, I am really curious. In just I, I know Syracuse Pittsburgh. Only one, Syracuse yeah, Pittsburgh. There's, there's, yeah, there's only three points. The teams are only going to score three points combined. But LSU Florida. <laughs> is one of those games that I, I kind of want to watch just to kind of gauge which one really is going to be a, a bigger factor. Because LSU is not the bad boy in the West. That's Alabama. And Florida is not the bad boy in the East. That's Georgia, even then Kentucky to a certain extent. But still, those two teams are very good. They're very tough. They play good defense. It's going to be a tight game. I'm interested in that. The other one is Notre Dame-Virginia Tech. It's a real deal. If if you look at the rest of the schedule, I don't think Notre Dame gets through this whole schedule. They could lose to Syracuse. They you know they could lose to a, a Boston College or at USC at the end of the year. At Northwestern, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know that. But I'm trying, they're, Pete. <laughs> they're they're going they're going to be favored the rest of the way. And now that they've got their running back back in Dexter Williams, now that they figured out their quarterback. If they beat Virginia Tech handily, now it's going to start to be a thing where, okay, it's not one of the four best teams in the country. It's probably not one of even the six best teams in the country. But if it goes 12-0, and it's going to the college football playoff. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. You can follow him on Twitter, at Pete Futek. That is at Pete Futek. Check out everything you want to know about the big weekend in college football. Collegefootballnews.com. That's collegefootballnews.com. Pete, as always, buddy, appreciate it. And one week I will lock you in that room. We'll see how it goes. Oh, you wish, baby. (laughs) Be good, brother. (laughs) Great stuff there from Pete Futek. Look, we'll give you our big upset special picks coming up in a bit on the show. We have our upset special pick in college, our upset special pick in the National Football League. We do it every single week here on the show. Uh, Split last week, 
of my first college football loss last week. Thought I had it, but I had the first loss of the season in college football. So Sorry, my, buddy. My perfect undefeated record. I mean, 4-0 and I was, buddy. 4-0 and on upset special picks in the top 25. That's pretty good. Well, pretty, pretty soon we're just going to start uh, bleary-eyed, videotaping us, just picking every game, yelling, crush your man. <laughs> That's going to be the segment. Crush okay. your man. I like it. All right. I like All right. It. A quick update from Major League Baseball. Top of the fourth inning. Two outs, Braves batting. Dodgers lead the Braves 2-0. Manny Machado, a two-run homer for the Dodgers in the bottom of the first inning. Clayton Kershaw on the hill. He has thrown 38 pitches so far, and he has an 0-2 count right now on Nick Markakis. Meanwhile, in Boston, the Yankees load the bases in back-to-back innings, one time with two outs, one time with nobody out, and they come away with a grand total of one mm-hmm. Run. Look at that bullpen of the Boston One Red Sox taking run. down your beloved Yankees. Uh, still two more innings to go. <laughs> My beloved Yankees. Uh, you aligned yourself with Walton Fabiano. Five, Just own it. 5-3 right now. Red Sox lead the Yankees again as the Red Sox bat in the bottom of the seventh. We got more baseball on the way. You're not going to believe what one fan did because of a home run today in the baseball playoffs. And I got to admit, it's something I did the exact same thing not too long ago. That's coming up next. This is Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Brought to you by Progressive Insurance, creators of the Name Your Price tool. Choose from a range of coverage options and pick the price that works for you. Visit Progressive.com today. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Live from the Geico Studios. Major League Baseball Yankees batting in the top of the eighth inning. They trail the Red Sox 5-3. to three. They've had the bases loaded the last two innings. Porcello in now for the Red Sox. They are not messing around. I know, we're going to win this game. It's I a bullpen game. We Everybody's available. Around. Doesn't this... matter. I don't care what his designation is on his trading card or for your fantasy team. Every man's just a pitcher no. in the playoffs. This is this is Cor saying I am not messing around anymore. We just loaded the bases twice in back to back innings. Succeed and not proceed. Doing it. Not doing it. No, you you went away from the Reaper twice. You don't invite him back a third time. <laughs> you bring in a guy to come in and get some outs. Don't fear the reaper. Come on, man. Meanwhile, we need Dodgers, more cowbell. Dodgers and the Braves. Yasiel Puig has just stolen second base. Uh, Dodgers now runner in scoring position. They lead the Braves 2-0 in the bottom of the fourth. But maybe the fan of the day, maybe the fan of the year in Major League Baseball. Fan of the year? We had two brilliant stories yesterday. Yeah, but this guy, Eddie Flores, told the Houston Chronicle, he bought about $500 worth of beer for his section after predicting George Springer would hit a home run Friday in game one of the ALDS. He said, I love my team, man. I knew Springer was going to hit one. I wanted everyone to know it. I called it. He told all the fans around him in his section he would buy everyone a beer if Springer went deep to lead off the fifth inning. Springer did. So he bought a bunch of beer, and then he was so happy that they hit a back-to-back home runs, he bought a second round for people. So he spent about $500 on beer. This is the whole section. $500, that's like four beers at a baseball game. That's a lot of money. 
Good for him. Good for him for wow, having blow up my, 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 my four beers for five hundred dollars. You blew past my. Well, depending wow, on really? the type of beer, wow. it actually gets to that level. That was, Don't they pay you to drink funny. at City Field? Uh, <laughs> they actually so you don't have to look at the product. No, no, no. no, 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 no. They hand no. Here's they just hand those beers. out coming in. You're, You're welcome. welcome. Yeah. You know what they do at City Field? It's like you know when you watch a marathon and people run by the water stations. People just out there holding water and you grab it and you drink it. That's what it is at City Here's Field. Here's twelve Here. beers, sir. That's Hopefully you won't remember it. We won't either. Walking. I don't know. I remember being up in San Francisco. I, I got near a hundred bucks to buy four beers at one point. One once I actually tipped the guy. It, it can get costly, sure. I actually did this once. You're not going to believe what it cost. So, this is in 2000. I'm going back. This is back in 2010. I'm not buying this for a minute. The jet. It's the year the Jets went to the AFC title game against the Colts and they lost. The year the Colts uh, played the Saints in the Super Bowl and lost. Jets are playing the Colts, and they have to win to get into the playoffs, last game of the regular season. And it was a game where Peyton Manning rested, and the Jets are playing, and I'm watching the game by myself in a bar in Michigan near my wife's house. And I said, I got to go watch this game. We win, we're in the playoffs. She goes, yeah, go ahead. So you offered everybody a muskrat so dinner? So I go to this bar. No, it wasn't, it wasn't Don Polsky's. So I go to McCaffrey's, which is this bar. And I go there because it's the closest place, and I'm watching the game, and I'm so bleeping excited because we're, you know, they win, and they're going to make the playoffs. I go, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to buy everybody in here a beer. So the waitress came over. I said, I want to buy everybody in here a beer. How much is that going to be? She goes, you want to buy everybody a beer? I said, like a bottle of beer? I go, yeah, I want to buy everybody a beer. The Jets won. I want to buy everybody a beer. I was so excited they won. And so she went back and told the bartender. Bartender rang the bell and said, hey, everybody, we got everybody gets a free drink on Jason for the Jets. And everybody goes, yeah, because they don't care. I could have said, no, everybody gets a free drink on Jason because he slashed your tires. Yay. (laughs) Jason, it happens once every 10 years you guys win a game. So it's kind of a big deal. (laughs) Celebrate. Celebrate. I buy everybody a beer. And she goes, what do you think? I go, just let me know what it's going to be. And I'm thinking it's going to be 100 bucks. There's about 50 people in here, whatever it was. So and people are coming up to me and they all thought I gambled on the game. They all thought they were stunned the Jets won and they thought I knew something again. What'd you know? What'd you know? I go, no, I'm a Jets fan. They won. We're going to the playoffs. And like people were disappointed. They were like, oh, like they thought I outsmarted people and well, I won that a big you had parlay. It, some inside information, some big parlay, a bunch of in in game bets, whatever the t- case was. I get it. So here's the best part is when they they buy and I see everybody everybody's bottles of Bud Light, everything OV. People might you drinking OV. That's all the stuff. I said okay, and she comes up and the waitress says okay, I'll. I'll, get, I'll, I'll just add on your bill at the end. I said, yeah, no problem. So I'm in the bar by myself, and I realize, okay, now everybody knows I'm in the bar by myself, and I just bought a big round of beers. Am I going to get rolled when I go into the parking lot? Nah. nah. So you she only goes, and I round. see the bill, and I go, oh, this can't be right. And I show the waitress. I go, I'm sorry. I bought the, the whole round. This is this is right? She goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we have a special today. We gave you the special rate. I go, so how many beers did I buy? She goes, you bought 47 beers. I said, this is $31. She goes, yeah, we gave you the, the discount. What the again. hell? Oh, my God. So I gave her a huge, t- I tipped her like 30 bucks. She probably thought like, $30 well, likes me. So I, t- so I tipped her like 30 I'm like, oh, my God, it was $31 they for gave 47 the beers? I don't, they Below just, cost. That's a great, I was like, oh, no. They yeah, were all sure what like, they didn't put water Bud back Light, in. Coors, wow. Coors Light. It's a big bar. They do a lot of business on NFL Sunday. And Either they said, way, dude, that's, yeah. that's absurd. I said, why is it so? This is like less than a dollar then a every, beer. Then every person just offered to buy a round the rest of the day. You're all drinking for less than a dollar a beer? Oh, they did, they did a big cheers to me. They go, must have been O'Doul's. Nah. You bought everybody O'Doul's. That's phenomenal because, you know, we had an no, update to is, the other baseball no, story. No, McCaffrey's, this is one of those places where they don't sell O'Doul's. It's one of those places where you walk well, in. Well, he clearly didn't have 
have alcohol in it, or it wouldn't have been thirty-one bucks. Now, now I'm now confused the, by that rate. The buddy. biggest accoutrement is like the jar of deviled eggs that nobody buys oh, behind the bar. How like many that, years that's old the have they been was. just chilling? Yeah, yeah, but on principle, you should just yeah. buy one just to see. No. What it does. No, I, 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 no, just make them crack that jar no, open. I can't do that. It's like that jar of eggs on Moe's. You know what that Moe's smells bar. like? There's no way I was going to have them open that. But, you know, we had a, a good update to this story. Remember the uh, A's fan that had the beer thrown at him? Yeah, yeah. He ended up going out for beers with the dude that threw the beer at him. Did he really? They ended up meeting up. There's pictures wow. of them all across social media of hanging out and having a drink. Did he kick his ass? Did he bite? Did he fight? No, they're all oh. smiling and happy. Boo. The power of the internet. <laughs> did he let the other A's fan throw a beer back he at him? He should have. That's what I would have done. Uh, quick update right now. Kimbrell in for the four-out save potentially right now. Runner at first, two outs for the Yankees. So Porcello's night is done. The Red Sox going all out to win this one. Meanwhile, Dodgers still lead the Braves 2-0. Dodgers couldn't get a run across, so the Braves coming to bat in the top of the fifth. Coming up next, we got more on the games going on right now, what happened earlier today, and a big update in the National Football League. This is Fox. Fox Sports Radio, happy Friday. Welcome inside Hour 2 of the program. Yes, Hour 2, because our show now begins an hour earlier 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. on the East Coast. You had an extra hour of our show, 7 to 11, 10 to 2. But don't forget, we go on one hour earlier. Before we get to what's going on in Major League Baseball and a big story from the NFL, a really cool moment a few minutes ago. And you're going to hear it in about 20 minutes. But let me tell you, well, first of all, the Knicks won again. So they're you know undefeated in the preseason. Knicks are three and zero. These yeah, wins, too bad it doesn't count. No, all the Knicks wins count in the regular season. Not this isn't regular. You no, are fake count. news. Preseason, the Knicks petitioned the league, and the league said, "Okay, we got to get New York going." So whatever the Knicks win in the preseason will apply to their regular season. No, total. that's absolutely categorically false. <laughs> the other voice you heard was, of course, executive producer Justin Frostberg looking to take a baseball bat to any happiness. <laughs> enjoy in Jason Smith's sporting life. Uh, so, no, it doesn't count. It's nice for you. It's positive. It's progress. Mm-hmm. But uh, does it does it matter? No. No, it, it really doesn't. Maybe, maybe it's enough to buffalo someone a year from now to say, hey, I'm coming in free agency. I mean, it's not going to be Kyrie Irving because he's already Oh, it's going to be Kevin Durant. Oh, oh sure. Oh. Sure it Speaking is. of Kevin Durant, this is the moment we're talking about. The... Golden State Warriors are playing an exhibition game tonight against Sacramento, and they are playing in Seattle. Of course, the Thunder, having moved from Seattle, Oklahoma City, Kevin Durant was the prodigal son of those teams, and Seattle had him very briefly before he went on to become a superstar. Yeah, in they Oklahoma got to City. see that that early early years when people were wondering if he was still going to be too slim and too yeah, lean. We should, uh, we, too bad we couldn't get Greg Oden, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> Uh, but he was introduced to the crowd, and he came out in a Sean Kemp jersey. And that is pretty bleeping cool. He addressed the crowd as well. You're going to hear it coming up in about 15 minutes as he talked before the game was over. He led an expansion cheer. Oh, no, no. <laughs> e, give me an E. Give me an X. Give me a P. Who wants the Clippers up here? Clipper. I say Seattle. You say Clippers. I say Seattle. You say Clippers. So really cool moment wearing Sean Kemp's jersey. There nice. tonight. Uh, but Major League Baseball right now, two playoff games going on, getting serious 
Yankees and the Red Sox. The Red Sox may have taken the Yankees' best shot as they lead 5-3 in the bottom of the eighth inning. The Yankees had back-to-back innings where they loaded the bases. Once with two outs, Glaber struck out looking on ball four, and then they loaded the bases with nobody out. Giancarlo Stanton, who looked like he was swinging to put a dent in the green monster, strikes out. They get a force out that brings in a run. Hey, your guy then, Voight. Your yeah, guy Voight, Voight. Well, Voight brought in, in the, the run. run. That's Voight, right. Yeah, Voight drives in the run with a grounder, and then Gregorius grounds out to end the inning, so the Red Sox get out of a bases-loaded, nobody-out jam by only giving up one run. So we go to the ninth inning, or we will be going to the ninth inning. The Yankees chasing two. It is to 5-3. Certainly the Yankees had their chances against a very soft Red Sox bullpen, but the Red Sox and Alex Cora not messing around as he went, Alex Cora went to Rick Porcello for a couple of batters. Got two outs and gave up a hit. As a pretty big deal. Look, probably, and I'm seeing a lot of people on Twitter say, this was probably his day to throw in the bullpen anyway, so why not bring him into a game? He's probably going to start game three on Monday anyway. He can pitch a couple of batters tonight, which is exactly what he did, and then Craig Kimbrell came in for the four-out save, and that's where we sit right now because that's a phenomenal move by Cora because he watches bullpen who stinks, and this is why I picked the Yankees to win the series because the bullpen stinks. He watched the bullpen really tempt fate twice and say, you know what? I'm not screwing around. I'm going to go to Porcello, then I'm going to Kimbrell, and that's it. Yeah, but the bullpen flipped off fate twice. Blank uh, you. Six Blank pitchers you. tonight. Sale went five and a third, eight strikeouts, 93 pitches, 61 of them for strikes before departing. You had Brazier, you had Workman, Barnes, Porcello, and now Kimbrell and his magnificent beard to try to finish things off here in the ninth and vanquish those pesky Yankees. Meanwhile, in Los Angeles, Make it a 3 nothing lead for the Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw as Yasmani Grandal has just homered into the bleachers. Second home run of the night for the Dodgers. And watch out, if they're just going to hit two or that's three homers That's all they're doing night, a couple home runs a night. That's all it out. takes. Dingers! If they're getting Major League hot, ding-dongs. If they're getting dinger hot because this is a team that clearly anybody. Oh, they're always dinger hot. Anybody can hit a home run in this lineup. If they start getting dinger happy and getting dinger hot, they're going to lay waste to the rest of the National League to get to the World Series. Two home runs tonight, 3 nothing, and so far Clayton Kershaw has been cruising against the Atlanta Braves. Uh, again, bottom of the fifth inning, 3 nothing. Kershaw so far, 55 pitches through five innings. So once again, the Dodgers getting a strong effort from their starting pitchers, and Dave Roberts may be breaking his arm, patting himself on the back, going, see, I told you, were you in game one and Kershaw in game now two? Now the metrics said it. I told you. I told you. The Sabre metrics said it, not the... <laughs> I told you. I mean, in the guys in the front office who came down and told me, I told you. Now, I told you that's what we were going to do. Kershaw at the plate looking to add to the lead, <laughs> helping himself. Just two hits allowed for Clayton Kershaw. Just one strikeout tonight, so it's not... A bunch you know, of lazy fly balls, not really anybody putting good wood on at all. Yeah, Kershaw doesn't look like he's the normal sharp Clayton Kershaw. It looks like he's battling, but clearly he still has some of his best stuff. His curve looks great. He's in command. He's not striking guys out, but it doesn't look like you're right. The the Braves are getting a lot no, of contact. Put the, let him put the ball in play. Nobody's hitting it well. I don't think there's been one well-struck ball yet. You've seen a couple of lazy flyouts to left field, and that and that's really it. 12 straight batters Kershaw has retired. And remember this, the Braves really didn't play a lot of meaningful baseball 
the last couple weeks of the season because the Phillies faded. I mean, they were at, they almost finished behind the Mets. Right. Another week and the Phillies would have finished behind the Mets because they just completely gave up. The Nationals never got into the race, and the Braves pretty much cruised. They have they have they have gone from hey, this has been great, it's been a party, it's been awesome, we're excited, to now suddenly hey, we got to put this on the line. And the Dodgers, who have been playing hot this week, they went from big time games this past weekend to a big. Division deciding game on Monday to a big game one, and now they are rolling. They are hot, and the Braves are trying to get some of their mojo, and they just have not looked at all in sync the last two games. Well, we always get back to the same phraseology of act like you've been there. Dodgers are acting like they've been there, right? Big-time pressure moments, and they showed up and they played well in each of them. We have a an update in Boston as Aaron Judge opposite field solo home run to take it to 5-4 Boston now as Kimbrell uh, looks with a great consternation on his face. Nobody out in the ninth, so now it's a one-run game. And uh, Judge home And you know what? I hate the fans who buy the Yankee jerseys and put the names on the back. That's not a Yankee jersey. Why do you buy it put your name on the back? That's See, not a Yankee jersey. I don't, I don't jersey. know if, if that's as hot a take or as you just ignoring the fact that there are people saddled with crippling student loan debt. You know, okay. Let me just say this. <laughs> Last hour on the show, we talked about Tim Tebow. See, we didn't have enough time to go into it because no. I, I lived it. I, I helped uh, I, I get, I try get, to uh, analyze that for folks. All right, we'll keep you updated on yeah, the yeah. Yankees and the Red Sox. But last <laughs> hour, we talked – get the Tim Tebow ready, tight shirt. We talked about Tim Tebow, who became a hot take – Theater spoke. No, it's good. It was good. He he tried to sell it well. And basically backing up Alabama's Nick Saban on his take earlier this week that the fans in Alabama aren't behind the team because uh, the student section because they didn't come to the game against Louisiana Lafayette. Now, obviously, what's Nick Saban doing? He's trying to find a way to motivate his team during a stretch in the season where they're dominating everybody. Alabama has zero problems right now. Jalen Hurts decided, I want to stay, so okay, if something happens with Tonga Viola, we'll go to Jalen Hurts. He's going to keep playing. So he's got no problems. So they have to try to manufacture a way to motivate the team. So Saban decides to pick, hey, fans should have come out. And Tim Tebow decided, you know what? I like that take. I'm going to light the world on fire as I back up Nick Saban. Listen, I agree with him. I love it. I I think the fans are getting so entitled there at Alabama, specifically the students. Listen, as a student, you've done nothing to win all these titles, okay? You spent a little bit of your daddy's money to show up at a game and to go to school there. You say you're the best fans in college football. Well, you need to show up. I don't care if you're playing Louisiana, whoever. If you're playing Hoover High School, you show up to the game and you support your team because if you want to say you're the best fans in the country you show up every game no matter what coach Saban is right Alabama students you need to show up for your team and take that mean gene yeah you leave Hoover high alone okay you I think Hoover lost to Polk last night all right (laughs) Polk guy but here's the thing is that Tebow saying going to school on daddy's money and last hour on the show and I tweeted this out as well it's like you know this is generally how kids go to college. Their parents pay for it. Yes, Wrong. there's debt at the end because they're not paying for the whole thing and you have to repay student loans. But generally, people go to college and parents pay for it. No. Not all parents no. do. No, no not, not even close pay. generally. Generally, no, parents that is they a don't gross, pay for the whole thing. No, it is a they gross help. exaggeration. Well, okay, so par- wait, wait, so it's an exaggeration that parents help their kids pay for college. Really? A small part, but really? you're, you're making it sound like I, they're I, paying the, for the bulk. Generally, parents help pay for college with your kids. So when Tebow says you go to school on daddy's money, 
My point is that yeah, that's kind of how most kids go to school. Their parents help pay for things because okay, as, as long as you qualify it as help. So I said generally, I'm not saying parents say, "Oh, I'll write you that check for $120,000," but most parents help pay for their kids going to college. And on Twitter, suddenly everybody that hasn't had their parents pay for college is going, my parents didn't do it. I'm like, oh, my God, I feel awful about this. Look, generally, parents help pay for college. I think that, I think that's a, that's a true statement. I know you did this in college. I know you did this at Northwestern. But generally, parents help pay. I, I'm just taking exception with your words. <laughs> that's all. Not my, not my outfit. No, no not, not, not my, just, just no, the way you're phrasing. Not it, my yeah. Syracuse. No, hat. it was all, no. That, well, parents, parents help pay for college. That's generally how people get to go to may, college. May get to some small helps, uh, some loans taken out from the parents, and certainly. Uh, but having watched the the debt rise, and look, you make choices. You have the ability to borrow up to your cost of attendance. Unfortunately, most people do, and then live beyond their college years. Uh, in terms of what they should be doing. Uh, with said money, but uh, certainly it, it became a hot button topic. That was not quite as hot. I haven't seen any NFL insiders or anybody dive into this one like the Andrew Luck <laughs> take of a night ago. But give it time. I'm sure they they have some loan debt they'd like to like to ang- be angry about too. <laughs> so look, just appreciate Tim Tebow's becoming a hot take machine, and it's going to be awesome. But yeah, generally, parents help. I mean, it's, it's kind of generally how it works. They help. A lot of them, some of them don't, but generally they do. Uh, update right now, Major League Baseball. We are going to the top of the sixth inning, the Dodgers, with a 3 nothing lead over the Braves. Meanwhile, in Boston, the Yankees are down to their final out. Luke Voigt is up, and the Red Sox with a 5-4 lead. As we told you, a big solo home run by Aaron Judge leading off the inning, but really... If the Red Sox hold on, it's going to be when the Yankees could not push runs across when they left the bases loaded in one inning and only got one run the following inning. And if Craig Kimball blows this game, he's not making it out of Fenway. There's going to be a button pressed that's going to you're going to see him disappear through the earth in the pitcher's mound. Oh, he's going to get Thanos. <laughs> It'll be one of those. <laughs> and Craig Kimball, right? Craig Kimball, right? So, when we come back, are we talking about the Red Sox winning game one, a big Yankee comeback? We got all that and more and other drama from the earlier games in Major League Baseball today. Keep it right here. That's coming up next. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. This is Fox Sports Radio. I hate that song. I hate that song. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon. Tonight's show brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you treat you. So the Yankees are now down one game to none. Craig Kimbrell gets the strikeout to end it. We'll get into that coming up in a couple of minutes as the Red Sox lead one game to none. Bullpenning drama in Fenway nah, tonight. Bullpenning getting it done. But first, because we promised this, a really cool moment in sports tonight. The Golden State Warriors are playing an exhibition game tonight against the Kings in Seattle. Of course, Kevin Durant started his career in Seattle before the NBA stepped in and moved before the Supersonics moved to Oklahoma City. Kevin Durant played the early part of his career in Seattle, then went to Oklahoma City where he became a star. Now here he is, at worst, the second best player in the NBA. And when he came out, he was introduced, standing ovation, and he was wearing a Sean Kemp jersey. It's really wild to see, and look what he's wearing as he comes out. John Kemp is supposed to be in attendance tonight, one of many former Sonics 
for returning. Remember when we had Sean Kemp on the show? He used to come yeah. on like a bunch with us. No, he did. All Star Week, he came on. We had content. '90s yeah. Throwback Night. Oh, Sean Kemp came on with us Got all the time. Deal. Yeah, uh, I figured there'd be a lot of jokes on the internet asking exactly how old Kevin Durant is. Mm, or if he was one of Sean Kemp's kids. That's the point. Oh, so one of them. <laughs> I want to say thanks, Dad. I mean, uh, so really cool. Kevin Durant comes out wearing a jersey of Sean Kemp. So I've already had people on Twitter saying you should have wore Tom Chambers. No, you go through all the Tom other Chambers Sonic Chambers would have been pretty cool. Michael Cage would have been better, though. <laughs> a Michael Cage jersey. I don't think Michael Cage scored a point. Played in the NBA for 20 years. Doesn't Never matter. Played in the NBA for 20 years. Oh, Michael Cage. Had a great Jerry curl. No, no question Oh, that was one of the best Jerry curls ever. Uh, So after after being introduced, Kevin Durant took to the microphone and talked to the crowd in Seattle about, well. Did he rip Alabama's fans? (laughs) Alabama's fans got to show up. And I got to say, the media is evil. Don't believe anything that's written about me. It's all everybody else's fault. No, here's what he said uh, talking to the crowd in Seattle. First off, I want to get a shout-out to the Seattle Storm for holding it down and winning the championship. Much love. On behalf of myself, NBA, and my organization, my teammates, we'd like to thank you guys for coming out supporting us. I know it's been a rough 10 years. NBA is back in Seattle for tonight, but hopefully it's back forever soon. Please, please enjoy the game. Stay safe. I appreciate it. Thanks for the love. So there it is. I mean, they're not getting a basketball team, but it looks like they could be getting a hockey team. Hey, you never know, man. A 9-0 vote. It looks like they could be getting a hockey team, man. Tim Laiwicki could be getting a hockey hockey team team. up there. The basketball team will get back there eventually. Uh, yeah, because the other one was stolen like a thief yeah. in the night. You got to get a little bit further away from the David Stern era of the NBA, though, because he's the one that orchestrated I that think, move. I, I think it's, I think it's far enough. But no, I no, think no, well because the players have taken over at this point, right? But you, and David yeah. Stern's gone. Well, no, but the thing is, is that look, the the commissioner at least needs to be on board a little bit with it. And Adam Silver, who clearly we saw today, still does not want to do anything. Another uh, uh, accusation of misconduct with the Mavericks that was left out yeah. of their big report. And Mark Cuban, still no penalty, still got to run the Mavericks, didn't want to do anything. Adam Silver's got to do something at some point that affects something. He's got to have some kind of carbon footprint on the NBA. So I think the NBA back to Seattle is going to be a little bit. Well, he he does right now, is that they're printing money. Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah, people are making money. Why do anything? We're making money. No, but that's just it. Money. Hey, if it ain't broke, money. don't fix it. It's like, say, I, I, I see every time I it's try broke. to make a wire it's reference, broke. I can't because you haven't watched it. All right. Can't do it. So you th- pay, pay me to watch it. <laughs> Why do I got to pay you? You should watch because it's, it's one of the no, best you, you should shows pay, ever. No, you should pay me to watch it. Then I'll be incentivized. Oh, what are you, an Alabama fan? Oh, pay me to come to the games. I'll I, come to I the got games. a lot of stuff to do. I'll come to so the games. So to go back to watch a show that's been off the air for years. I it's saw still, some episodes. I haven't seen all of it. It's just as good. You're up until 4 o'clock in no, the morning No, that's fine. I've night. got other things on my menu. You have, you have, listen, you get done here at 11 o'clock at yep. night. You go home, you're up for the next six hours. I got problems. Now, all right, so spend an hour or 40 minutes watching an episode of The Wire, and then you get through five seasons, 12 episodes a season. Like I said. In a couple months when we can talk about Incentivize me. Come up with a trip, some tickets, a, a sandwich. I don't know. A sandwich? A trip or a sandwich. I will. Well, it would be a series of sandwiches. No, it would be a series. No, you just said a sandwich. 
Kramer. You just negotiated no, the No, no, no. I did not. No. You did say a sandwich. The, you did say a trip or a sandwich. I mean, that was your. That was your. It was the let's talk this through. No, 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 no. No, no, it is. I think Teicher's got it. You got it, Teicher? Yeah, I'm going to have to pull that back real yeah, quick. No, I, no it's I, not, I didn't sign off on anything no, like this. But, I've but signed some it. bad deals. No, I'm not no. signing that you, one. I think you voice is enough that. signature, right? Yeah, your voice signature actually did it. I'm speaking extemporaneous. No, you said you said a trip. No, I want the trip. I, I really think a, a trip to Atlanta for the Super Bowl when no. the Bears make it would be nice. I, I, I think you're Go in Bears. for a sandwich. No, I, I think... No, I, 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 it's going to be one hell of a sandwich. How about instead of going to Atlanta, we go to Jersey Mike's for a sub? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that quite gets it to where I need How it to be. How about instead of going to see the NFC so we're gonna see in Philadelphia, I get you a Philly... Cheesesteak. So we go all across the eastern seaboard by just walking across the street to a sandwich. How about instead of going to see the Jets play in the AFC Championship game, we take the Subway meal deal and I buy it for you. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even know what to do. I'd, I'd look blankly at the screen there. You uh, said a trip or a sandwich. I'm just going with what you said. The joke was the sandwich, yeah, it and it really was. set it up for a, a lot of uh, jocularity. Uh, the Osiel Puig is back on base. The guy you said who cheers who does nothing, he, he's active. Nobody cheers like Yasiel no, Puig. No, that's good, but, I mean, Nobody. he's the hero of these playoffs. Hey, Atlanta. Yeah, he's the, he's the hero. We are. No. I think he's the, to start the, the playoffs, the was he not the poster child for he's, this year's he's playoffs? Not the, no, no, I'll tell you who he is. When he's, he was drunk he's with David Massey in the locker room, he was. He set it no, up. No, no, no. He I welcomed us to the playoffs. He's the fun sidekick. He's Jack Black in high fidelity to John Cusack's main character. Which is, which is the one you like more. Uh, do you have, I just called to say I love you. Oh, I'm that sorry. That song sucks. Is your daughter in a coma? I'm sorry. Do you want to play it for her to wake her up? Is that what, is that what it is? Uh, so, Dodgers lead Atlanta 3-0. And yes, Yasiel Puig is on base. I see you soon, baby. Meanwhile, the Yankees lose to the Red Sox 5-4. And clearly everything that was at stake for the Red Sox in game one, they realized how close they were to blowing a 5 nothing lead with Chris Sale. They brought in Rick Porcello when the bullpen faltered. They brought in Craig Kimbrell for a five-out save, and they get it done. I'm still believing the Yankees win this series. This is a Chris Sale day, and the Yankees still almost won. He cruised, but their lineup knocked him out of the game, and they had chances. They had big chances. They had bases loaded in an inning with two outs, and Gleyber Torres decided, I'm going to swing like a lunatic after the bases were uh, were just walked to load them, and he swings at the first pitch after a four-pitch walk, and he swings at a pitch in the dirt to strike out when it should have been a bases-loaded walk and a run. Then you have bases loaded, nobody out the next inning, and Giancarlo Stanton swinging for the fences and strikes out and that's the big first out for the Red Sox. They get a ground out and a ground out, and suddenly base-loaded nobody out turns into one run. The Yankees had their chances, and they blew them. The bats are still good enough. I am still sticking with the Yankees to win this series. At least Stanton got the bat off his shoulder in that at-bat. <laughs> he was swinging for something. Comes out against Kimbrell and watches three pitches on the outer part of the plate. Doesn't take his bat off his shoulder. No swings. Goes right back to the dugout. Had no made no sense whatsoever. I tell you, they really had some terrible at bats. Well, tonight. four for nineteen with runners on tonight, and obviously those failures, several innings in a row with multiple runners on base. 
you're only able to plate one extra run to get it to 5-3 five, five, before Judge's home run. But you had an, a number of awful at-bats and guys not taking pitches, right? Not standing in and, and just trying to extend what had become fairly miserable outings or potentially miserable outings. Instead, in the box score, it's going to look, oh, they, they did just fine. You had the the inning, uh, third of an inning from Workman, two hits and an earned run, a walk, a strikeout, and then the home run that Kimbrell gives up opposite field to judge. Otherwise, it's going to look nice and clean that, you know, you gave up two runs there, sale, two in his five and, third, two, five and a third innings pitch. You'll take that, and you'll run all the way through. You, you spotted a five- 5-0 lead, and, and away you go. You know, and who knew Haywood Workman would still be Well, you good? know what? It gets it done. I was almost going to go Vince Workman, but that's, I decided against it. Oh, that's it. good. Yeah. That's a good but, reference, too, though. But here's the thing. is, is you talk about bad at-bats with runners in scoring position, is in the sixth inning, the Yankees start knocking Sale around. He comes out of the game. They're into the bullpen now. Miguel Andujar walks uh, after a wild pitch. Workman comes in. Walks Gary Sanchez on four pitches. Gleyber Torres comes in and swings at the first pitch out of the strike zone, and that sets up the entire at bat. And then he winds up on a base on on a full count, swinging at a curve in the dirt for the final out of the inning. That was a horrendous at bat from Gleyber Torres. And I understand, yeah, you want him to hit, yeah, he bats ninth, but this is Torres. He's one of the best players on the on the team. He's an All Star this year. Wasn't as great in the second half. But still, you have to be smarter in that situation. You got to get runs. A guy just walks a guy on four straight pitches, and after you have a walk, the batter before you got to realize the red. This whole ballpark now is on edge that their pitchers can't throw strikes, and you help them with that. That was a horrible at bat. And Stanton's at bat, it looked like he he was swinging defensively, but swinging for the fences. It was it was it looked like he was completely out of whack and out of sync. And and that at bat was was awful as well. But they had a few at bats like that tonight. Those are the biggest ones because those are the ones that came with the bases loaded. But still, I mean, I'm stunned. That's what I'm shocked at the most. The Yankees having that many bad at bats. Well, tonight. you you like aggressive work at the plate, especially when a pitcher's struggling. But also here in in a playoff series where you're now crawling back to try to steal one, got to be smart. Got to work counts and know that this is the weak part of their. Their squad, right? If they're going to need to go to starters like they did bringing in Porcello, you know, you try to force the issue as best you can so that that advantage plays out. Even if you don't get back to even and win this one, that you at least extend things and extend those arms that they're less able to work through games two through five. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Live from the Geico Studios. Coming up in one minute, more on the drama from earlier in the day in Major League Baseball. But first, let's check out what's trending with Deb Carson. Deb? Hello. Well, Yasmani Grandal's solo home run added a run to Manny Machado's two-run shot. Dodgers now with a 3-0 lead over the Braves, and they are in the top of the seventh inning in Game 2 at Chavez Ravine. L.A. leads the series one game to none. And the other National League Division Series, Game 2 at Miller Park, went to the home team. Brewers now have a two-games-to-none series lead. They shut out the Rockies for zip, and it's Game 3 Sunday afternoon in Denver. Game 1 at Fenway Park has wound up, and the Red Sox held off the Yankees 5-4. Boston has a 1-0 series lead. Game 2 is Saturday night at Fenway. Masahiro Tanaka on the hill for New York. David Price 
countering for Boston. In Game 1 at Houston early today, Astros hit four home runs in their 7-2 win over the Indians. Houston's 1-0 lead in the series heads into Game 2 Saturday in Houston. Garrett Cole pitching for the Strohs, Carlos Carrasco going for Cleveland. Well, we'd all like to find a fix for our golf game, wouldn't we? Thankfully, you can find a fix for your check engine light at AutoZone. The free AutoZone Fix Finder tool will find the likely issue saving you money down the road. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Speaking of down the road, Kyrie Irving of the Celtics has reportedly spoken with Pelican star Anthony Davis about eventually joining him in Boston. The two played together on Team USA, and that's courtesy of The Athletic. All right. Thanks, DC. You bet. We're live from the Geico Studios where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. More info. Visit Geico.com. So we're going to hear from Aaron Boone coming up in a few minutes. Probably very sweaty after the Yankees lost. And he's going to be asked about why his team didn't hit with runners in scoring position and all the wrong moves he made. He's going to go, why well, I didn't make any moves. Yeah, all, all the wrong moves that he he made. He, <laughs> he should have been up there with a joystick to make Stanton swing in the night. Uh, Come so on now. We're going to hear from him coming up in a few minutes, but big drama earlier today. The defending World Series champs. Oh, by the way, because we have the Dodgers playing and Yankees, Red Sox, the Astros get bumped to the lifestyle section. Uh, the Astros win today over the Indians, 7-2, a big, not a statement game for the Astros, but a game where they say, hey, we're locked, we're loaded, we're ready, we're not resting on our laurels, we know what this postseason's all about. They hit three home runs, back-to-back home runs off of Corey Kluber, and they pull away from the Indians 7-2. to Now, what I'm surprised about in this game the most is that Terry Francona, who has been one of the big proponents of, I'll bring in my relief pitchers whenever I need to bring them in. We first started getting into, boy, look at the craziness what goes on in the bullpens when he started bringing in Andrew Miller in the fifth inning of games when they had their big run to the World Series when they lost to the Cubs a couple years ago. And that really started the whole conversation about bullpenning games and how starting pitchers, you get through three and four innings. If you start to get in trouble, that's when managers have to make the move. You manage different in the postseason than the regular season. And with this whole big span of the last few days and the attention spent on bullpenning, this certainly cried out for a situation where Cleveland was going to go to their bullpen. Even though Kluber was throwing zeros for the first couple innings, he wasn't normal Corey Kluber. I mean, on the surface, it looked like a great duel with Kluber and Verlander, but you could tell Kluber wasn't his, wasn't his, his, his right self. He hit a couple of guys, and he gives up the big home run, and then he gives up a couple of lasers, exit velocity hits, and it's 2 nothing. And this is where you got to realize, okay, I could tell Corey Kluber doesn't have it today. It's just not his day. Right? It happens. He's had big games before. He's also had bad games before in the playoffs. This was one of those days. And I'm really surprised that he left him in because then he gives up the back-to-back home runs, Springer leading off the fifth inning with a home run. Then he comes out. But by then it's too late. By then it's 4 nothing. And the game is really over. And by the time the Indians claw back, get a couple of runs, well, instead of maybe it being 2-2 because you change pitchers, it's 4-2. And then it's 5-2, and it's 6-2, and the game is over. And the Indians never really got a chance to get back in that game. I was just surprised knowing what Francona likes to do. And, I, and I'm sure this was Kluber's my guy, another Cy Young-type winning season from him, 20 wins. I'm going to stick with him, hoping he can come out of this. But you got to be, you know, you got to manage in the playoffs. You got to have a short memory. You can't say, well, maybe you can get out of it. No, 
If you don't have it, you don't have it. I mean, if I could tell you didn't have it, then I know Francona had to tell you didn't have it. Well, but I think it, you get to that. Not necessarily, you know, as we've talked about with Clayton Kershaw as he cruises to the middle of the seventh frame here, still 3 nothing Dodgers. The history, legacy, loyalty, all of those words. In this case, I'm still looking at, at Kluber and saying, all right, even if he's 80%, 85% of his normal self, he's still better than most. And to that point, yes, it was 2 nothing when you come back out for the fifth, but you give up back-to-back home runs to get things started, then that that's where things should, uh, in theory, get get moving. And I, I would think after the fourth, you would have had guys up and moving and, and in the pen working quickly for the next sign of trouble, but it gives up two home runs. Unfortunately, that's 4 nothing against Verlander, who got through five and a third, gave up two of his own. So you, you got clawed back a little bit. But overall, you, you weren't able to, to overcome that that hump. But I think for Kluber, to your point, is that you're going to give him a little more of a leash. Yeah, the two laser solo shots, a couple of bad pitches that he leaves up, and, and out they go. But you're still within a slam. It's not a horrible outing, right? He didn't get rocked. And even if he's off, you got you got through the first four, only allowing two. You got to think at yeah. some point your offense comes to comes to play as mm-hmm. well. And I think that's where you get caught in the switches here. It's not necessarily loyalty, but also you're not wanting to burn your your pen too early either against this team. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Coming up next, you're going to hear from Aaron Boone, Yankee manager, probably sweating a lot right now, going, "Oh, they're going to ask me about my team," and "Oh my goodness, this is awful." Keep it right here, Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, well, yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's good advice for all players. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. We are live from the Geico Studios where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. More info, visit geico.com. And... Clayton Kershaw tonight against the Atlanta Braves has allowed two base runners. He's now been on base once. Yeah, buddy. Advantage Kershaw. Dodgers lead the Braves 3-0. They're batting in the bottom of the seventh inning, and Kershaw just walked. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Here's the stat line, and this is most impressive, Jason Smith. Kershaw, seven innings pitched, two hits allowed, zero walks. One strikeout, Not- zero quality at bats, zero good wood at bats from Atlanta over the course of the night has them off balance, lazy fly balls, lazy ground balls, just getting it done. And uh, his pitch count only at 73. How about that? So this could wind up being a complete game for Clayton Kershaw. And as <laughs> we told you on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. An angry Thursday, Clayton Kershaw is a dangerous Clayton Kershaw. Ryu game one, Kershaw game two was the right call for the Dodgers. By way of contrast, Sanchez, uh, Anibal Sanchez went four and two thirds for the Braves. Uh, he he had 80 pitches before departing. That's the thing. You know, and, and this is one of the reasons why there's so many bullpen games because teams take at-bats deeper into the count in the postseason. You see pitchers throw 80 pitches through four innings. And instead of what you normally see in the regular season, okay, you're 80 pitches through four, 
we, can you power through and give us six innings and throw around 100? It's this is where the hook is coming. We're taking 80 pitches through four. Those are four very stressful innings. So you're talking about 20-some-odd pitch innings each time. Those are stress innings. And so you're coming out rather than, A, two more innings to get to 100. Sanchez comes out after just four and two-thirds tonight. Uh, we'll have more on this game as it continues. The only game going on right now, we had the Dodgers again going to the top of the eighth inning up 3 nothing over the Braves. Meanwhile, the Yankees fail in a couple of huge chances with the bases loaded, and the Red Sox take game one by the final of 5-4. Comes to the set. He fires. Swing and a miss. Strike three. Blew him away with a high fastball, and the Red Sox win it 5-4. to four. They lead the series 1-0. Red Sox Radio Network on the call. Going to hear from Aaron Boone right now for a couple of minutes as the Yankees fail miserably with runners in scoring position tonight in the sixth inning. They leave the bases loaded with two outs in the seventh inning. Bases loaded and nobody out. All they can muster is one run. So what did Aaron Boone have to say as he sat in front of the media, sweat pouring from every orifice of his body? Let's take a listen to the Yankee skipper. Suck these big artists. Oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah, Jay, um, you know, got a little, obviously got in a little bit of trouble in that first inning, just not having his real airtight command that he usually has, especially with the fastball. Um, uh, and then, you know, obviously JD made him pay on a pitch down that uh, probably want to get a little more elevated there. And, um, I didn't and then just being at the score and where we we're at, we just were a little aggressive going to our pen, and, and the pen did a great job for us to allow us to really get back in the game and give us a chance, and, and we almost caught him. Standing in the back, Dave. It just felt hey, like there's our guy! Our guy! Our guy is there, yeah! Standing in the back, Dave. Uh, Jim on the side a with the and, and we almost caught him. Standing in the back, Dave. It just felt like such a big switch for you guys from kind of just stay alive after falling behind so early to really kind of feeling like an opportunity lost maybe towards the end of the game with the with the people that you left on base and the back to back bases loaded situations. Yeah, um, and and you know I I do credit them a little bit in the fact that you know they they did a good job of minimizing and staying away from trouble against us and staying away from damage against us. Um, but yeah, we just couldn't get that really big hit that. To, to have that big inning that really jumped us back in the game in the middle innings. And I thought we did a good job of pecking away, a good job of, of giving ourselves opportunities and, and just ran out of time there. But, um, yeah, we just couldn't get that back-breaking hit that, that allow us to have that big inning. Uh, Ken. Aaron, what did you think of Sale, and, and was it any harder to prepare for him just because he, he's barely pitched the last couple of months? No, I think it's, you know, you're – the prep is the same and what his stuff is you know usually dictates how much success you can potentially have against him so um, I thought he was good um, you know not his dominant self necessarily um, but I thought he did a really nice job of mixing his pitches changing speeds you know his change up slider were a factor um, you know he could reach back for a little bit on the heater when he really needed to so you know I think he gave him a strong outing there's no doubt about it and, and did a good job I think of keeping us off balance enough um, you know we, we were able to get his pitch count up and get him out of there and then uh, you know keep crawling back into it but overall I thought he thought he pitched pretty effective against us uh, back corner Jeff 
Aaron, how much of a luxury is it to have oh, a, a deep bullpen like you do? And is that something you feel like can be advantageous for you going forward in the series? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's one of our ultimate strengths, you know. So, um, you know, if, if, if we're going to get to where we want to go, um, you know, uh, the bullpen's going to play a big role in that. And, uh, you know, they, they stepped up for us tonight and, and, and allowed us to get back in that game and, and, you know, did the job they've pretty much done all year for us. Uh, Chad to the left. Wow, he's uh, losing his voice. Alex pretty well. Were you surprised to see him make that switch and go to Porcello there late in the game? Not necessarily. I mean, we saw him warming up, and, and once we saw him warming up, we figured he'd probably start the eighth inning. Um, you know, obviously, Rick's been a really good pitcher for him, and, and, and we were able to kind of work through some guys um, in, in the setup situation. So we we're, you know, getting down towards the end. So I don't think we were real surprised that Porcello came in. And uh, that's it for the. Yeah, like, I'm trying to pay attention to Aaron Boone. But when our guy is there making those calls that we love so much, it's hard to – I'm just waiting for him to finish so I can hear him go, ah, uh, Jim in the side and uh, Chet in the back. Yeah, I was a little disappointed back, with uh, Aaron Boone in that he had a great opportunity when asked specifically about Chris Sale and preparing for him. Chris Sale gave one of the greatest answers in a press conference ever when he was asked about preparing for the Yankees. Can you give us – you know, talk about your success and your history against the Yankees – he looked at the reporter and just said, no. I was kind of hoping Aaron Boone would do the same thing. Uh, like, hey, you want to tell us, you know, what did you see? I was like, no. Can you talk about what happened tonight? No. Uh, Phil Jackson. Well, no, that's just no. it. It's off the Phil Jackson tree. No. Phil, can you, no. Can you tell me what happened? Why you got fired, Phil? Hello. No, oh. <laughs> now he's away. See, now you've opened up a dialogue. Now he's awake. Oh, my god. Hey, by the way, this two outs here, show. top of the eighth. Clayton Kershaw, this is officially his longest playoff appearance ever. 82nd pitch. appearance. 82nd pitch coming the way for Clayton Kershaw. Uh, no. Dodgers lead, no, it is. Dodgers lead the Braves 3-0, top of the eighth inning. Coming up next, all the big stories in the NFL. We get to the big ticket items. This is Fox. Fox Sports Radio, hour three of the program. Jason and Mike live from the Geico Studios. If you miss any of the show, don't forget, right after our show is over, you can download the Best Of podcast. It goes right up on iTunes, Google Play, FoxSportsRadio.com, the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, Google Play, FoxSportsRadio.com. Use the iHeartRadio app. You can listen to the whole show, parts of it, whatever you want. Rate us. Give us five stars. We'll love you forever and ever and ever. Do it! A uh, real quick update from Major League Baseball. Turns out a pissed-off Clayton Kershaw has been the best Clayton Kershaw, the best playoff outing of his baseball life so far. He is through eight innings. He has never made it this far in a playoff game. He is taking the mound for the ninth inning for the Dodgers, who lead the Braves 3 to nothing. Kershaw is sitting at 82 pitches. So he is going out there. For the ninth, we'll keep you updated. But right now, joining us on the hotline, Sirius XM NFL radio host and insider extraordinaire, Alex Marvez. What's He's happening, AM? I am doing great. So the Braves are in the playoffs. Is Otis Nixon still playing for them? Yes. Hey. Yes, he is. <laughs> oh, okay, good. 
Good. I just want to make sure that's my knowledge of baseball. We can talk some football, though. Yeah, no, he's batting in the. He's coming up in the ninth. Then it's Pendleton, and then it's Dave Justice. <laughs> there we go. Oh, so good. I'm glad to see these guys are still going. See, and everyone always says, you know, why play football compared to baseball? Because you can have a longer career in baseball with less wear and tear. And I guess this Braves team, a perfect example of that. Look at you, AM. You should have a baseball show. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> that that is my calling. <laughs> is doing is doing baseball. Good gosh, my gosh! And, and you should see what I get put on the spot with this sort of stuff. Like, I think did the Astros win the World Series last year? Yes, very good. See, you could do a baseball okay, show. So, so right there, I'm perfect. I, I'm I'm set. Definitely. That that's my career. Serious XM baseball analyst. <laughs> I really thought he was going to pull in Costanza. That's it. I hit all the high notes. Yeah, I'm no, out. He would come out and say, "Hi, I'm Alex Marvez." Just want to let you know. The Astros, I believe, won the World Series. Do we have that? That's right. Yes, they won the World Series. That's our show for today. Hit me up on Twitter, at Alex Marvez. We'll see you next time. And you're running on a loop. Yes. Yes, indeed. I love it. I love it. Gentlemen, let's talk some football. Some stuff I know. Hey, coming off last night, uh, you know, I've had a yeah. lot of, of Twitter hate coming off the game last night with <laughs> Andrew Luck. And listen, the Patriots win, and maybe things are all right for Tom Brady now. He's got two new weapons. He had the old one back in Julian Edelman, a new one in Josh Gordon. Andrew Luck has come back, and the last two weeks has been kind of quintessential Andrew Luck. He's put up great stat games, and it's because the team has gotten down by three touchdowns, which is kind of Andrew Luck's M.O. If you had to rank him in, in where you would you would say the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now, one through 32 of the starters, where would you put Andrew Luck? Uh, probably somewhere around 10. And, you know, with a little give or take on the rankings, since you put me on the spot here with this baseball trivia oh, coming meant, up next, I, just I meant, yeah, Well, I, I just that was the misdirection it. to get no, you off your game. I just meant ballpark it for me. No, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? Because he, he really is. Listen, and last night, I don't put that on Andrew Luck. I mean, that ball that he threw to Chester Rogers, just boink, bounces off his hands, right? Yep. Eric Ebron, he had a chance for a huge second down catch early in the game. Boing, bounces off his hands. You know, and these are things that just, when you're the Colts and your margin of error is so thin because your roster doesn't have a whole heck of a lot of talent and everyone is injured. I mean, they were down 40 players at the end of the game. 40 healthy guys because of how many guys had either been inactive before the game or were just simply, you know, beat up during the game. I mean, that's a really tough deal. But no, I think Andrew Luck's legit. In fact, I came away from that game feeling better about the Colts than probably going in. And I, the reason I say that is if Chris Ballard, and I really believe he can get this done, but if Chris Ballard can build a better roster, and the guys that we're seeing now, so many of them are just temporary players. I mean, they, they built a team, you know, before around Chuck Pagano and what he was doing, right? It was a 3-4 defense, and I don't know how to describe the offense besides bad. Okay, they're looking for guys with different skill sets now. You know what I mean? And I think there's some promising young players. I think they're going to get better as time goes on. And I think Andrew Luck will be at the forefront of that. And I don't, I don't think it'll be too long before he's considered among the tops in the game again. Now, listen, but I, I'm with you, Jason, in this regard. I think he is overhyped. I really do. I think that he gets a lot of credit and, and a lot of, you know, just gushing about Andrew Luck because he's a nice guy. He's an affable guy. He's a very talented player. But do something. You know what I mean? Over the past couple of years, and I know maybe he was banged up with his shoulder, but I mean, he's 0-6 against the Patriots. you, you got to be able to get over that hump. We'll see how it plays out with Andrew, but I, I just think this Colts team, complete rebuilding in 2018, but watch out. If they're 2019, may not be too bad. All right, Odell Beckham Jr. saying they, they got to see the Wizard get some heart, the old Brian Cox uh, line. Pat Shermer said, well, we got heart. We're good. We're, we're happy here. Uh, when's the offense actually show up? 
uh, when they get some linemen. Yikes. Okay, you, you know, I mean that. And listen, playing Carolina, that's no joy, right? I mean, that's, oh. <laughs> that's, that's just and a recipe for disaster. And then with no Olivier Vernon on defense, I mean, they're tied for the league low with the Raiders and sacks. You know, I mean, right now with five, that's it. So it's really hard for them to generate pass rush. And, you know, I mean, and, and Eli Manning doesn't look completely comfortable yet operating his offense. At least Saquon Barkley, he becomes a fifth player in NFL history in his first four career games to get at least 100 yards from scrimmage as a running back, as a rusher, and as a receiver. So that's something that's positive that, that you can count on. But it's, it's a ways off here for this Giants team. And, you know, maybe a squad – you know, some of us, and including me on paper, thought, you know what? This offensive line will be better. Olivier Vernon and this defense are going to be good. Well, the way it's turning out is same old Giants, and that's bad because the Giants went into this offseason thinking that Eli Manning still had something left in the tank and that they could build around him really quickly to be right back in it in what is right now a wide-open NFC East. doesn't look like it's going to be the case. I think the Giants fall again on Sunday. You know, and I don't want to say I told you so, but I said, well, you give Odell Beckham this money. You don't really make him grow up. He's going to say things and be a distraction. And today, sure enough, he says, I think we lack heart. I don't know why we can't throw the ball more than 20 yards down the field. I don't know what's wrong. We should. And suddenly, here we are. Everybody is, is being laid to waste by Odell. But at the heart of that, yes, he's mad at the coaching staff. He's mad at his own production. But that middle there is Eli Manning. And no matter what happens, the Giants are going to rue not taking a quarterback at number two, not getting the next guy because now, I mean, look, I know how it's going to work for the Giants. It always works out for them. They're going to wind up stepping into Jimmy Garoppolo somehow in the next year because that's how it works for them. But, I mean, they really needed to go get a quarterback because when you're drafting that high and there's four guys you can get anybody but the top one, that's you kind of have to make that move. You know, tough deal for them, too. I mean, so if you take a quarterback there, what do you do with Eli? Eli has a no-trade clause in his contract, right? So where are you going with Eli? Is there a team that's willing to trade for Eli and give you know give you what you would think is fair market value? Can you imagine Eli sitting on the bench and the distraction that that becomes or Eli going into a season in the New York market having to deal with oh well when is when is Blank going to be able to play? When is Sam Darnold going to be able to play? When is Josh Allen going to be able to play? Josh Rosen, etc. I just think it's a giant team that thought that Eli probably has two or three good years left and we can get up to speed and build a team around him and let him win, like maybe the John Elway plan, right, when it came to him as a player uh, or even as a general manager around Peyton Manning during his final years, build a good enough defense, build in other ways around a quarterback who is steady for you. And who's to say Kyle Loletta can't be the next Eli Manning? How about that? Fox Sports Radio. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Arvin, coming to you from the Geico Studios. On the hotline with us, SiriusXM NFL radio host, our buddy Alex Marvez. You can follow him on Twitter, at Alex Marvez, from one um, dysfunctional family to another. Uh, Pittsburgh, now Antonio Brown saying, well, we're like spotty Wi-Fi, me and Ben, uh, is that we can't connect. You got Juju Smith-Schuster doing his thing, and it really comes down to you have, you're giving up 29 a game since Shazier went down. But even offensively, there's still some points left on. To this week, uh, a 58-point over-under with Atlanta. Can they get the one stop they need to escape with a win? <laughs> you know, at Heinz Field right now, there's actually construction going on. They're adding a third digit to the scoreboard <laughs> for each team getting, getting ready up for Sunday's matchup. And, you know, with Antonio Brown, it's not like Ben doesn't try to connect with him, but teams are determined to take Antonio Brown out of the game. And for Ben, when the other completions are easier – Jesse James has been making some plays. Juju Smith-Schuster, you mentioned him. James Washington, off to a really nice start. The, the wide receiver out of Oklahoma State, the second-round pick in his career. But not having Le'Veon Bell, what ki- that kills you on third downs. 
Can you believe this is the 30th-ranked third-down offense? 30th. This isn't good. They're at a 28.4% clip, if, I, if my memory serves me right. So, I mean, that's a bad stat, and that's where Le'Veon Bell would come into play because he was just so good at, at you know, you run those stretch plays, and then, boom, he would just explode up in there or catching the ball out of the backfield. And that's not to disparage the job that James Conner has done in his speed, but he's not Le'Veon Bell. And, again, you know, Antonio Brown adding to the drama. What about team goals rather than me goals, right? How about we're one, two, and one? Maybe I got to stop talking about myself and start talking about what we can do as a team to get back on our feet before the Ravens or Bengals start separating themselves from the pack here, or, or dare I say, the Cleveland Browns get hot, but I won't. <laughs> the point is, that, the point is that, that look, and Mike Tomlin, I, you know, I know Mike still has the support of this front office. He's won a lot of games, but man, all this is happening under his watch, and you just have to wonder: Would these players be saying these things? If, they, if there was a different head coach who might be able to steer their energy in other ways. Instead, Pittsburgh continues to create its own drama every week. It's the gift that keeps on giving for the media. You know, and the funny thing is, A.M., is that normally these are the games and, and the, the stories that we focus on, what goes on off the field and how it plays into what happens on the field. But I can't tell you the last time I've been this excited for a game where it's all about what happens on the field and, and everything off the field is, is irrelevant. I can't wait to see the Chiefs and the Jaguars on Sunday. I can't. I can't wait to see. Does Patrick Mahomes have enough to get past this? The one defense that seems like it is designed to stop him. I mean, th- this is this is irresistible force, immovable object. I can't wait for Jaguars Chiefs. I never thought I'd say that ever. If I said to you two years ago, you know, I can't wait for Jaguars Chiefs, you would say, "Oh, this guy's crazy." But that's how I feel about Sunday. Right, and not Jets Broncos. We're talking <laughs> Jaguars Chiefs. Okay. Hey, this Case Keenum and Sam Darnold, come on. Uh, well, no. Well, that game I'm watching regardless. I mean, you know, this is this is non-Jets games. Non-Jets games, I should say. Yeah, see, I, wish, I really wish Leonard Fournette were playing. I really do. You know, just to, to give Jacksonville a little bit more punch maybe that they might need in this, you know, because, look, their defense giving up only 14 points a game. And I think Jacksonville's defense, you know, look, they have respect around the league and we regard them as a great unit and all that. But in a, in, with a, a season so far through the first four weeks, where we've had record-setting offensive numbers, and that's all everyone can be, is talking about. Look at what the Jaguars have done, right? I, I mean, the one loss that they have, they gave up nine points. You almost always win those games, and it was their offense that sputtered. See, to me, and, and I think Blake Bortles is going to have a good game. I really do. This is a Chiefs team, don't forget, too, just coming off a road game, playing on a short week, and I just am not – I think I actually think the Jags can end up probably winning this one. Maybe it'll 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 you know be proven wrong, but I'm curious. You're right about this defense. And look, we saw some things now. The Jags are definitely looking at on film when it comes to okay, how was it that that the Broncos were able to have some success early on? And look, let's give Patrick Mahomes a ton of credit here. They put up 145 points in their first four games. That is the most in franchise history for the Kansas City Chiefs. It has been absolutely amazing to watch him. And, and you know. He's a guy, when I was talking to Eric Fisher, their left tackle about it this week, you know, he, he just said, I said, so what was the key to coming back? And he just starts laughing and he goes, Pat Mahomes, you know, <laughs> I mean, they love him there. They love his froggy voice. They love this stuff. And what's not to love, right? 14 touchdown passes through the first four games, the second highest total in NFL history for someone to open a season and all those weapons that he has. But I've has, but I'll tell you this, I think Jalen Ramsey, I think he's going to be a great matchup against Tyreek Hill. I'm just, again, the, the thing to me is this, can Blake Bortles win this game? I don't worry about Pat Mahomes. I want to see, can Blake Bortles come through in the clutch again? And I think he does. Follow him on Twitter for all your big NFL and Major League Baseball storylines. He's Alex Marquez. <laughs> 
It's at Alex Marvez, at Alex Marvez. Check him out, Sirius XM NFL Radio Insider as well. AM, as always, appreciate it. Enjoy that Jets-Broncos game on Sunday. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much. And next week I'll come at you with my lack of knowledge on Premier League soccer. Very good. Oh, very good. Very, okay, good. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, Be good, we'll brother. To you. <laughs> Great stuff from AM right there. Jose Mourinho. Uh, so we have more football on the way, but it is a final at Chavez Ravine. An angry and upset Clayton Kershaw has just thanos his way to a big victory. The Dodgers shut out the Braves 3-0. Kenley Jansen gets the final three outs for the save. Why the Dodgers' decision to move Kershaw to Game 2 has been the best decision in the playoffs so far. We break it all down coming up next right here. Fox Sports Radio. Standing in the back, Dave. Uh, Ken. Uh, Back corner, Jeff. Uh, Chad to the left. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. And this was an absolute masterstroke by the Dodgers. Look at Dave Roberts. We got a lot. Well, Dave Roberts Roberts or the end or the front. Hey, put a wizard hat on him and crown him. Whoever decided we're going to go with Ryu in game one and Kershaw in game two, it could not have worked better. We told you on Monday when it was announced that Hyunjin Ryu was going to start game one for the Dodgers and Kershaw was going to go in game two. This was the right call for many reasons. The Dodgers need to move away from their reliance on Clayton Kershaw because they've relied on him to do everything the last six years, and he's not been good in the playoffs. He's been okay, but he hasn't been regular season Clayton Kershaw. That's just, He's got a 500 record, and his ERA is 4.5. He's been just okay in the playoffs. A byproduct was you're going to piss him off. Maybe you piss him off to the extent he opts out of his contract at the end of this year, but then the flip side of that is – We went to the World Series when he didn't play that big a role. We won 92 games this year, and he was our third best pitcher. If he opts out, that's okay. So the Dodgers kind of serving a bunch of different masters here by saying, well, if if this this gets him upset, it gets him upset. And you saw him last night when he talked about pitching. He's pissed that he got pushed to game two. And I guarantee you, if they didn't have to play the division game 163, Bueller would have pitched game two and they would have said, Clayton, you're going to go on the road because we're comfortable with you on the road in game three against the Braves. But no matter what, this came up aces because Ryu, who has been great at home all season long, a phenomenal September, ERA was 1.15, which is even lower than DeGrom's. I mean, that's pretty big. He was great. Ergo, Ryu, better, better than DeGrom. Right. Uh, well, right now, yeah, because DeGrom is not pitching. But DeGrom no, when, when he gets the Cy Young. And then, well, whatever. It's an award that for the past. It doesn't matter. He's not pitching anymore. And then he's hanging out, waiting on Fight Night or whatever the hell he's doing. He's playing, or they're playing for it's Fortnite. No, no, no. Is, is he going to the fight? No. Oh, I don't know. But it's Fortnite. Uh, it's a game, I, I it's a game the kids play. No, it's but Fortnite. I mean, with Clayton Kershaw tonight, he gives up the leadoff double to Acuna, only gives up one more hit in finishing eight innings before coming out in the ninth. A the best performance of Clayton Kershaw's career in the postseason, longest outing, and he could have went out for the ninth. He only threw 82 pitches. The Dodgers shut out the Braves 3-0. They have a stranglehold on the NLDS. They're up two games to none. Back-to-back and shutouts, buddy. This is this is a phenomenal turn of events the last couple of nights for the Dodgers because they've gotten everything from the guys they need to get everything from. Needed everything from Kershaw, they got it. Needed everything from Ryu, they got it. They need a big hit from Manny Machado, and they got it. Here's a 3-0. Fly ball, left field, well hit, 
on its way and gone. A two-run home run from Manny Machado. The Dodgers hit three last night. They've hit one here in but the bottom half of the first and lead it two to nothing. Charlie Steiner, AM570, with the call. The Homer Happy Dodgers are really impressive. And you have to say, seeing the playoffs, what we've seen so far, in a couple of series are just beginning, the Dodgers look like they're the best team right now. Well, they usually just get back to back to business. This is a team that's battle-tested. A couple of new parts, but for the most part, you're returning a team that was one game away from finishing the job a year ago. And now you've got a salty Clayton Kershaw being told time and time again, not just by you shouting with a megaphone all around Dodger Stadium, wherever you can find it. Get ready for the end of Clayton Kershaw. Well, remember, Get ready Harvey, for him to opt out. It's outside of Dodger Stadium. He's actually banned. No, I get that. But, but, but look, man, b- between you and Darnold, look, and, I'm, and I'm going back to, to Frostburg with his Kobe run towards the end and last year's Dodgers run, you guys get insufferable. Like, he's been cheering and screaming in our ears in the middle. It's like we're trying to make salient points and have nice conversation for the people. Yeah, did you see that? Buddy, listen. Listen. I'm it, sorry. I mean, this is only the first round. I'm sorry buddy. Northwestern blew that lead to Michigan. Well, I'm going to keep right? it going. The Bears are really good. I mean, you're okay. No, I, I feel fine. All right. It's just I, I try to stay professional and keep the Did line moving hit, with what we're talking about. That was so cool, Point man. for point that was and, and argument for argument. And and Michigan should have won that game handily. They had over, two, what, 180 yards more total offense, almost three yards per play more than Northwestern. It was just a matter of time before the lean occurred. But getting back to the point at hand, Clayton Kershaw, salty, angry, and with each pitch, Almost looking back at the dugout, like, look at me. Look at, look Just at what like I'm doing. Just like you, salty. Well, you got to be. You got to live life with a bit of an edge. <laughs> this was the absolute right thing because now you have a motivated Clayton Kershaw for whatever reason. Now, he could win, go to the, win the World Series, go to the parade and say, blank you, I'm out. I'm not your guy anymore, I'm out. And the Dodgers would say, okay, because what we said from the beginning, a Dodger reality without Clayton Kershaw isn't suddenly the end of everything. They don't have to rely on him like they did in the past. Not that Clayton Kershaw winning is a bonus, but now it's like, boy, we have a few guys that can throw zeros. Last year at this time, if you were the Dodgers, you were hoping that Kershaw could throw zeros and hoping that you Darvish could throw zeros. Well, that's it. Right? You brought and in you Darvish, you get you'd from get Rich that. Hill sure. and other guys. You were hoping. Now this year, you already know, boy, Walker Buehler was phenomenal in that in the playoff game to win the, to win the West, and. Boy, was Ryu great in game one. Well, and as best you can set it up to and where he pitches Kershaw, at home. Great absolutely. in game two. I mean, you, you, you're saying now we expect that. And other teams know, boy, they re- they're starting pitching as good as they were last year, carried by their offense. They're starting pitching right now. Those last three must-win games, and they've been unbeatable. Now, the best with this, though, with Clayton Kershaw and this start and getting on base himself once, which kind of made it even more uh, – entertaining just watching hey i've been on base almost as much as you guys have uh was that he only <laughs> struck out three batters right a, a strikeout to end the eighth you know a punctuation mark on a fantastic outing but otherwise just moving the ball around in the zone weak ground balls weak flyouts left fielder camped under it can of corn i mean not a lot of drama uh and the defenders just did their job they were into the game and it just flowed and, and that meant you got the crowd into it everybody fired up and Kershaw, you know, flipping everybody a double bird with a great outing and saying, you know what, 
maybe next time the gas and the strikeouts come. So it could even get better. Uh, let's take a listen. Clayton Kershaw talking just moments ago on Spectrum Sportsnet LA following the big Dodger victory. Clayton, you had a talk with Dave Roberts on the bench before the ninth inning. He came out to a huge roar, and then you got taken right out. What was the plan? Yeah, we know we were trying to get him to burn two bench guys right there. So uh, if, if Duda was going to go out and pinch it against me, uh, I was going to stay in the game. But once Flowers came in, we let uh, we let Kenley get the righties out. Now, you allowed a leadoff double to Acuna to start the game and only one hit the rest of the way through eight innings. What made you so successful tonight? Um, you know, I, I don't know. It was big to get out of that first inning without a run. You know, you always want to go get the guys in the dugout when you're at home. Uh, 0-0 to start the first. That's huge for us. And, uh, you know, once Manny hit that homer right there, it's just trying to maintain the lead. And, uh, you know, a lot of first pitch outs, a lot of quick outs, and uh, got to keep my pitch count down, got to stay in the game a little bit. The Albies comebacker, how much did it hurt? Yeah, it's just in a good spot. He got me. I mean, it's just a ground ball, but he hit it hard, and uh, it got me right in a good spot. So, a uh, little, little sore tomorrow, but I'll be all right. Now, there was a lot of talk coming into this game about you starting game two instead of game one. What do you think was the most tangible effect? Was it the extra day's rest, getting to throw a bullpen, maybe even extra motivation? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, once you see Rue uh, through the way he did game one, you just want to mimic that. And, you know, once they told me, obviously a little disappointment there, but after that, you just move on. You're still going to pitch a big league playoff game. You know, not many people get to do that. So, you know, you, you got a job to do. Clayton, these are the nights you savor. These are the nights you work for. You've had some injuries over the years. How much more special does it make a game like this? Anytime you get to win a playoff game is special. Me of all people know that. Clayton, right. thank you very much. That was so, pretty funny. There's Clayton. I, I like, I'm like his walk-off one-liner right there. Yeah. Me of all. Yeah. You know, <laughs> me, me of all. I, I know this. <laughs> there was a difference in Clayton Kershaw when he had to answer the question about, hey, pitching game two. And it was you could just tell the air was a little bit different. He paused, and it was almost like I saw him saying, be gathered, be composed, and he gave his answer. You, you know, Look, you saw him last night. We played the soundbite, how upset he was not being able to pitch in game two, and he's pissed. So now how this plays out in the offseason, but right now it's like we have the Dodgers feel like, oh, we got Clayton Kershaw right where we want it. We got him pissed off and motivated, and every night he's going to go out there going, if he's saying blank you to me, if he's like, if he's giving middle fingers to the, you know, to, to everybody in the front office, we don't care. If he's, if he's, if he's, uh, uh, Thomas doing it, hey. Well, if he'd okay. had to leave after you the know? comebacker. <laughs> And he was going off the mound. Maybe he would have flipped people off then. I, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I thought towards the end, it's like you, you want a big league playoff game. And just pointing to his own history, a little bit of yeah. self-deprecation, which I thought mm -hmm. was a pretty nice touch. Because obviously he's amped up. And there's, as you said, the, that pause before the response. Measured, calculated, knows he just, I'm disappointed, but you still have a job to do. It's still a big league playoff game good perspective take it with into your workplace whatever you do mm -hmm. you know you you might be disappointed about getting passed over or whatever you didn't get uh in the end you still have to go out and do your job and hopefully you do it half as well as kershaw did tonight mm -hmm. he's still mad this is good oh it's good right now. no it's good stuff 
Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. When you're hiring, you don't want to waste time sorting through dozens of irrelevant resumes. You want an efficient way to get to a short list of qualified candidates. That's why you need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes. Set up screener questions based on your job requirements. Then zero in on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. Discover why 3 million businesses use Indeed for hiring. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. That's Indeed.com slash hire. Search for greatness. Search. Indeed. We'll have more on a pissed off Clayton Kershaw coming up in a bit, but in one minute. Our big upset special picks for the weekend in college football and the NFL. I am going big time out on a limb for my upset specials. But first, never on a limb because she's got all the facts in front of her. It's Deb Carson with What's Trending, D.C. Jason, Dodgers with a 3 nothing shutout of the Braves. Take game two at Chavez Ravine. They lead the series one game to none. Clayton Kershaw pitched eight shutout innings, allowed just two hits, struck out three, no walks. Kershaw asked after the game about starting game two rather than one. Once you see Rue through the way he did game one, you just want to mimic that. And once they told me, obviously a little disappointment there, but after that, you just move on. You're still going to pitch a big league playoff game. You know, not many people get to do that. So, you know, you, you got a job to do. That was Kershaw on Fox Sports 1 after the win. So game three coming up Sunday in Hotlanta. Game two at Miller Park today. Brewers took it 4 nothing from the Rockies. Milwaukee now up two games to none as well. Game three is Sunday afternoon in Denver. Both of the American League Division Series got underway today. Game one at Fenway Park. Tonight, the Red Sox held off the Yankees 5-4. Game two, Saturday night at Fenway. And in Houston, game one went to the Astros. They hit four home runs in their 7-2 win over the Indians. Meanwhile, Friday's Discover Card key matchup is the Sharks taking on the Kings at Staples Center. The game is tied at 2-all early second period. Hurricanes won at Columbus 3-1. Remember, become a new card member and Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Thank you, DC. You bet. We're live from the Geico Studios where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. Visit Geico.com and see how much you can save. Believe it or not, we have a brand new hot take machine in the world of sports. We do. We do. We have that coming up in about 10 minutes. I'm so excited. Oh, see, you play that, and I'm like, no, it's not you, Tim. But no, this time it's actually Tim. I'm it's, very, very excited it's about It's actually going to be Tim Tebow. Hot take machine and future number three batter in the New York Mets it's lineup. so damn hot. But let's do this right now. We do it every week. We give you our upset special picks. One pick in college football. One pick in the National Football League. Five and three this year I am. I suffered from my first loss in college football last week. Stanford really letting me down. Really. Yeah, but if really you're going to lose, lose spectacular. Yeah, yeah what yeah, about I those did. four losses from Syracuse? Uh, Hey, hey, you mean You're wins. not counting those? Hey, wins. we'll get to them in a minute. Wins, wins. We got wins. So. My first college football upset special pick of the week has got to be a top 25 game. I'm going out on a limb, but I like UCLA getting 22 against Washington. Here's why. Yes, they're 0-4. They've had a long week to be able to prepare and kind of catch their breath a bit, and Chip Kelly's had a chance to go, okay, we got to fix this right now. Washington's offense is not as good as it has been in previous years. Their defense is playing great, but they're still struggling a little bit offensively. UCLA doesn't turn the football over that much. 22 is a lot of points. 
UCLA is playing at home. This is one of those we're pissed off and emotion is going to help us stay close games. UCLA stays close. Washington wins, but they cover the 22 points, which really is all you care about. Calling on them to beat the spread. I love it. Good for you. Uh, well, I looked at your um, Syracuse Orange is the game that I think stands out. Oh, wait, whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Pitt plus four and a half. Uh, they've won four of the last five. Syracuse with their uh, Super Bowl a week ago, uh, falling just short, deflated, very difficult to get back up off the mat. Dino Babers is going to have to have one hell of an inspirational speech. They're selling T-shirts with that inspirational speech on. Well, I'll tell you the what, there's nobody. So get out there and uh, buy one of those. There's nobody in sports that can give an inspirational speech like Dino Babers. I don't know. Her- Herm Edwards can still get you. Uh, okay, Herm. Yeah, Herm. Yeah, her- okay. Yeah, yeah, Herm is pretty good. Over-under in this game's got to be about 112, too. Yeah. No, well, actually, it's 58. Game's going to be eight hours long. So it well, that's good. That that could be fun. <laughs> uh, get after that a little bit. So uh, the other one, though, is I, I think not because uh, they win the game, but going to your theory of, well, there's, there's a lot of points out there. Maryland getting more than two touchdowns mm. against Michigan. Michigan's starting to pick it up a bit. Seven, though. seventeen and a half. Yeah. That offense, I don't, I don't, I don't trust yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. They're starting. They're, well, they look. They got six first round picks on defense. Michigan's starting to pick it up a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. A little bit. Going to the NFL. My upset spot, boy. I realize the two teams I'm relying on this week, and I go, man, am I out on a limb? But I like the Bills getting six against Tennessee. You know what's funny is that's the first game I wrote down. Really? Oh, Bills, yeah. Tennessee? Just for my Bills playing better defense, yep. Tennessee. They don't score. Tennessee doesn't score A couple of big plays, but they're not running the ball well, that there's still an opportunity to hang around here. Yeah, Josh Allen's been up and down, but they are playing at home. Buffalo's defense is getting better, but I see this as a field goal game. I can see it being one of those 13-13, 17-17 type games, and Tennessee pulling it out at the end. But six points is too much. Taking the Bills, I wouldn't be surprised if they won on the field. But what I always like to say is, but I'll take the points. Oh, you got to take the points everywhere you can go. Uh, I'm looking at the Minnesota-Philly game. I don't think Minnesota's defense ever shows up, but they might be able to win a shootout. But I'm going to the game you love most. The over-under sitting at 49 intrigues me. We talked about it with Alex Marvez earlier. I'm taking Jacksonville plus three to win outright and figure out a way to slow down Tyreek Hill, all-pro kick returner, and Patrick Mahomes in that Chiefs offense. So there it is, our upset special picks of the weekend in college football and the National Football League. We'll have more on the big NFL games coming up, but straight ahead. Believe it or not, Tim Tebow has reinvented himself as a hot take machine. Fantastic. Not only that... I will have to say I am sorry for not being clear <laughs> with my take from earlier in the show. I am nothing if not responsible. You blew it! And I don't mean Andrew Luck, the guy's still overrated. Something else <laughs> that I Wham! said earlier Wham! in the show Wham! that I have to make clear because I was not cl- I, I know I wasn't clear enough earlier in the show on it. That's coming up next right here. The Jason Smith show with my best friend Mike Harmon. Fox Sports Radio. First and foremost, I just have to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. 
live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. More info. Visit Geico.com. Would you like a LaCroix water? Would you like one? Would you like one? I never bought into the whole natural thing anyway, so sure. (laughs) Feel sick. (laughs) I don't want to talk about it because we're having a great night tonight. We're having fun. We're talking football. I brought in blondies and and some bulgogi. It's been a good night. I just want to say this. Alex Tyshirt, right? LaCroix is LaCroix is like this healthy alternative, right? Sparkling water, all that stuff, right? And you say, oh, no, why are you doing it? What's safer, Diet Coke or LaCroix? At I will, this time? I'm drinking my Diet Coke LaCroix. Oh! <laughs> Listen to me. <sighs> Sucking down that Diet Coke. I'm going to have a Diet Cherry Coke next. And I'm oh, going to sing Cherry Cola by the Eagles of Death Metal while you do so. I thought you were going to say you are going to sing Cherry Pie by Warren. Nope. Cherry Dirty, Cola. Rotten, filthy, stinking, rip. So we'll get back into the night in Major League Baseball, the day and night in Major League Baseball coming up in 10 minutes because we've had high drama in Los Angeles and Boston everywhere else, but high drama with Tim Tebow. Tebow. Earlier this week, Nick Saban, Alabama head coach, criticized Alabama fans. Student section was not filled in their game against Louisiana Lafayette. Well, and they were they were lethargic and lackluster. Yeah. I mean, they, they wanted a show. Louisiana Lafayette. And Nick Saban criticized them for not coming to the game, not being into the game. And look, what Nick Saban is doing, he is all about trying to find a way to motivate his team because all they're doing is beating the crap out of everybody. It's like Steve Kerr during the regular season trying to find a way to motivate the Warriors because they're just waiting for the playoffs to come so they can win another title. So this is what Nick Saban is doing, and I understood that. I thought most people did. But Tim Tebow, future number 3 batter of the New York Mets, decided, you know what, not only do I like what Nick Saban said, I'm going to double down on it and insult everybody as I become a hot take machine. Listen, I agree with him. I love it. I think the fans are getting so entitled there at Alabama, specifically the students. Listen, as a student, you've done nothing to win all these titles, okay? You spent a little bit of your daddy's money to show up at a game and to go to school there. You say you're the best fans in college football. Well, you need to show up. I don't care if you're playing Louisiana, whoever, if you're playing Hoover High School, you show up to the game and you support Support your team because if you want to say you're the best fans in the country, you show up every game no matter what. Coach Saban is right. Alabama students, you need to show up for your team. When we're hanging and banging against Hoover High. Wow. I'll tell you what. You know who the most pissed off people are right now is Hoover High. Tomorrow they're going to have a game against Polk, and they're going to say, did you hear what Tebow said? Hoover High, let's go out you there what? and get that's, him. That's good, though. It, it gave him some bulletin board material. There's no question about it. That's a good thing. Coach is going to say, look at the guy next to you. I think you're going to see a guy. So here's the thing about Tebow is he's doing this whole thing, and, and you know, you're going to college on daddy's money. Earlier in the show, we addressed <laughs> this comment, and I admit I was not – I did not explain my take well enough, and I did not explain it well enough on Twitter, and that's on me, and that's my fault. But when Tebow says you're going to college and going to games on daddy's money – I said earlier in the show, well, yeah, of course, because that's how kids go to college. Their parents pay. And I did not get into enough depth on that, and that's on me. So I'm going to explain it a little bit further right now because it's my fault. I did not mean that, oh, 
parents just pay and and write a $150,000 check for college and go, okay, kid, you're good. Go to college. Now, some people who are lucky enough to have parents who are rich get college paid for them right there. But my point was that most kids, generally, their parents help pay for college. Don't pay for the whole thing because you have student loans and you have debt. You have all kinds of stuff. But generally, parents help pay. Not all of them, but generally, parents help. My mom and I had a deal when... When I graduated college, she said, I'll pay off the bigger loan and you pay off the smaller one. I was like, great. Meanwhile, the bigger loan was like $3,000 more than the smaller one. But I said, okay, fine. I celebrated my 29th birthday by sending out that last check. I was like, okay, it took me eight years after I graduated to send it out. So I know this is how it goes. And I was lucky what I had to spend. I can't imagine the check, how long I'd have to pay when I graduated college now. Because back then, when I graduated, Syracuse was like, Eighteen thousand dollars a year. Now it's like sixty. Oh yeah. I'm like I can't pay that off. Trust now. me, I, I'm well aware of the, the Northwestern uh, loans and everything that rolled through. Zoe's going to community college. She'll go to Santa Monica Community College. She has a great Carl's Junior right there. Oh, it'll be awesome. But my point was that generally parents help pay, and my point was to say that and that that's how 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 else do you think people go to college? They get the chance. Parents help them by paying money. That's just something that normally happens. So that's what I meant to get out, and I did not explain it right, and that's on me, and that's my fault. It's all good. At least on some percentage, you're looking at either by taking out a parent loan, co-signing for a loan. So if you screw up, uh, they come back and take your parents' house, uh, but or just money out of pocket, right? There's going to be, and I did this for a living for a few years after leaving Northwestern is. Parental contribution, you either pay it or you find a way to borrow it, or maybe you get a part-time job, more work-study opportunities or uh, freelancing. Maybe you drive your car around. Maybe you become a driver uh, as a part-time. But either way, for Tim Tebow, I like the fact that he was doing his best to, to come up with something that just wasn't bland, right? He, he no. got excitable. I mean, that's the most excitable you've ever seen seen Tim Tebow outside the white lines of a football field, right? Yeah. I mean, he's passionate in his speeches, passionate about Hot his tank. religion. Hot And tank. everything. I've seen parts of his speeches at mega churches and whatever. But in terms of that passion and trying to, to get worked up, He's really trying to find his calling as a broadcaster. Good for him. Yeah, I, but just Tebow is a hot take guy. Just, I mean, it's awesome, but it's it's weird. No, it's odd. It certainly hits the ear a little differently. It's like seeing Batman dressed up as the Riddler. Oh, that's wow. That's kind of they do that with the Funko Impopsters a little bit. You can get the vinyl figures that are dressed a little differently if you need to go down that flavor. You know, you know, maybe you know, maybe it's not so much like that. It's more like seeing when Han and Luke were dressed as a stormtrooper. Well, there you go. In, in episode four, Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon. Tonight's show brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you'd treat you. So, just want to get it out there. That's what I feel. I understand about college and how it's paid for. Coming to the stage right now, Bobby Brown and Allie Hayes. Oh, no. Here he goes. Coming up next, a big story from the NFL, the night in Major League Baseball, Fox. Final hour. Get up. Guitar solo. I hate that song. Thank you, Bill Belichick. Today's Friday. All right. There we go. I knew that was coming. We're live from the Geico Studios where 15 minutes can save you. 15% or more in car insurance. More info. Visit Geico.com. But speaking of Bill Belichick, uh, can we can we have Bill Belichick from last night um, when he was eating and doing his post game press conference, Alex Teicher? Yeah, well, yeah, um, 
you know, it's good advice for all players. Mm, just gonna, it's good advice. Gonna finish it. Got the boneless yeah, chicken wings. Uh, yeah. It's good advice for all players. Mm, yeah, yeah. You just gotta, you gotta make sure you floss after you have meat. That is true. It's good advice for all players, right there. You don't wanna you wind up uh, read read somewhere that uh, it happens when uh, you know you don't floss enough gets to your heart. It's a bad thing. So, so make sure you floss. Gotta take care of your heart. I actually read about that. That that's a big thing. That flossing somehow is connected to heart disease. There's no question I about mean, it. I mean, it's not quite titrated saying, "Oh, if you have Kumat or wh- it's whatever Kamut. it is, Kamut, you know, hey, suddenly you live to be 175 years old. 178, but who's counting? Oh, okay. It, look, look, those last three years are downhill. So really, you live 170. Medicine, medicine is going to save me. I'm fine. Um. All right. Well, I've already got my my tombstones already set up with the meat got me. The meat got me. But where look, like I said, you're okay if you have if your bad habit is is your diet. If you don't have any other bad habits, that's okay. Uh, no, you're well, okay. No, uh, no, yeah, no, it's okay. No, no those de- yeah, those okay. demons will still no. get you. Yeah. No, 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 you're fine. Uh, trust me. Let's listen. I listen. Trust me. I know things. I'm smart. I'm like a doctor almost. <laughs> You stay at a, some kind of hotel last night, feeling good? <laughs> a chiropractor is not a doctor. Um, we'll get to a big story in the NFL coming up in a couple of minutes, but a big night in Major League Baseball. We had four games tonight. I went four games every night. And the Dodgers behind Clayton Kershaw shut out the Braves for the second night in a row, 3 nothing. We'll have more on that game later on this hour. But big drama at Fenway tonight. Red Sox hold on to beat the Yankees by the final of 5-4, to four, and despite the fact the Yankees lose this game, I still like them to win the series. In fact, I can see them winning the next three. I Look at them, you. I picked them last night because my confidence in the Yankee bullpen is better than my confidence in the Red Sox bullpen, and it almost happened tonight. Well, that was the Pr- one advantage, right, if you were printing out or pulling off the fish wraps, the mm-hmm. six-page preview section. That was, you know, that it was at least six pages for this, yeah. for game one. Yeah. Not just for the series, but like that's the obvious advantage, right? Chris Sale was great. It was a Chris Sale game. And okay, if the Yankees can maybe squeak something out, it's like, it's a, it's the, it's like the uh, extended adult swim segment of the night. Oh, oh nice. Extended adult swim for a while. All right, great. Uh, but what happened tonight is what I expected to happen. They got Chris Sale out of the game because the Yankee lineup just mashes. And they had their chances against the soft underbelly of the Red Sox bullpen. And they had bases loaded in the sixth inning with two outs. And Gliber Torres, for some unknown reason, after Red Sox pitchers walk the two batters previous to him, he swings at the first pitch, which is out of the strike zone. Yeah, but here's the thing. They exposed the soft underbelly, but instead of of slicing it and eviscerating them, they rubbed it. Mm Mm-hmm. They rubbed the belly. That's it. They rubbed That's it. all they did. They rubbed the belly. Yeah, they got a couple of runs. You got the Aaron yeah. Judge home run to make things a little more interesting. But in the end, didn't take full advantage of the opportunities presented to them. In the sixth inning, Torres is up with bases loaded, two out, swings at the first pitch, and then strikes out on a full count pitch with a ball in the dirt. That was the first missed opportunity. Seventh inning, Yankees have bases loaded with nobody out. And you're thinking, and right now Fenway is going. Oh my God, this is really going to happen. And then Giancarlo Stanton has a horrendous at bat for the Yankees, and it looked like he was swinging for the fences, but he was late on everything. It was awful. He strikes out. They get a ground ball. Yes, a run comes in, but they get the second out of the inning. Then you get the ground out for Mike Gregorius to end the inning, and the Red Sox get out of bases loaded, nobody out, with one run. 
I can't get over how many bad at-bats the Yankees had tonight with runners in scoring position. It was awful, and that's not going to happen again. They're, they're, they're not going to face Chris Sale for a few – they may not face him again the rest of the series. You don't, you don't know how things are going to go, what Boston might do with their rotation, but you got Price, you got Porcello in game three. That's not going to happen. The Yankees will feast on this bullpen. They almost did it tonight. Aaron Judge hits a solo home run in the ninth. Had they just had one more run – just what? Just get two runs out of bases. Oh, they're out. see, they're there. I love it. If just they'd only runs. had one more run, just two runs. So now you're but, predicting a conga line, no, a, a but base runner. You, you missed your opportunity. Bases loaded, bases loaded in two sure. straight innings, and you get one run. But you don't you know that that, you, that that's that that's that's incomprehensible. You know, it may not avail itself again. This might have been your shining opportunity to to Could gut be. this team and take control of the series. Could be, but momentum is always as good as the next day's bullpen. Not the next day's starting pitch. You see what I did there? Oh, nice well, that is always nice the next that. day's bullpen. That's how it goes. So I'm confident in the Yankees to turn this and Confident beast. in the Yankees starters that they don't get uh, blown up early? Confident. Yeah, Hap had a Because Hap, Hap didn't tonight. survive the third. Where did he go to school? Uh, he's a Northwestern guy. Oh, okay. All right. Just wanted to make sure. That's all right. I could be a bad omen for tomorrow. Oh, no. They're... It's good. it's a tough road. I mean, you look at the North... <laughs> Northwestern schedule. is not fun. Having your leading rusher walk away because of health issues yeah. in the middle of a season, That's tough. not good. Offensive line, struggling. I mean, we could do this all day. I, I could go through a full analysis. <laughs> I'll save it for my podcast. So that's where we sit right now. Still confident in the Yankees in this series. More you are. Confident. I'm confident in the Red Sox. Well, my dad not so confident. When I talk Yeah, to him you tonight, hang out with Walt. I call him tonight when it was 5 nothing. And I called him, and he answered the phone. He goes, yeah. I said, Dad, how you feeling? He goes, are you feeling okay? He goes, no, I'm pretty far from bleeping okay. <laughs> <laughs> Went on this whole diatribe. Ah, uh, you know, Sale is just a machine, and you know, Hap tonight. Yeah, we'll get to Price. We'll get to Porcello. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> but he gave me the Pulp Fiction, no, nah, Butch, I'm pretty far from okay line. <laughs> I like that. It's good that he's branching out and watching some more films. Uh, I know pretty, it's been on cable a little bit of late. I wanted to say what, what's happening where you are right now, Dad, because I know what was going on when that line happened in the movie. Well, you know, uh, you a know, little I, bit of uh, I just took the art ball. imitating life, I, imitating art. I took the ball gag out of my mouth. So I figured, whoa, whoa, whoa. It, I mean, I, it is the slide over baby hour and all. But good <laughs> Lord, gag. man. Took it next level on that. I mean. I know there's a lot of that going on around Los Angeles after the masterful performance of Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, yeah. You know what? He was so happy he even brought his kids up to the podium oh, in the postgame. Hey, last, Smiling. last time we're here, kids, before we leave for Texas in the offseason. Oh, oh, no. Don't do that to Frostburg. That. Why you got to do that to him? <laughs> he's in the middle of getting ready for Charger talk. <laughs> he's already and, producing and a big, look, No, he's already They're producing. Already no, no, no. He's They're already on the air for He's Charger planning talk. his escape routes no. it's in Raider case week. the Raiders yeah. come after him. It's Raider week. We started two days ago. Yeah, he's no, got we, full, we, He's got a full bank of Raider phone calls. People wanting to get on the air to talk about well, this I mean, game already. Look, we've been doing overtime fabricating. every single one of them. But, I mean, we've been fabricating armor for him in the whole nine yards. Oh, I don't need that. I'll take him on. Hey, hey, but real seriously. Hey, seriously. Seriously. Don't hang up on Drew Brees because we're going to want him after he breaks the uh, passing record this week. He's trying to sell Tide this week, guys. Uh, you guys want some Tide? Tide or yes. Tide Pods? I would assume all their products. Okay. Did you just Tide? Did products. you see okay. the? Uh, there was a meme going around. It was a look. Uh, well, the the Gronkowski face, I guess, would be the best way to say it. <laughs> and the like room, the, room, really yeah. good. And the text, <laughs> the text was funny. Just said, uh, "Well, he ate one too many Tide Pods." 
ads. Yeah. Because right? he's doing those ads. Harmon, you can call in for Keenan Allen stats anytime, buddy. Oh, buddy, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> no Williams for the next couple of weeks, right? He's out. You don't need him. <laughs> don't need I like how high pitched you gotta voice beat the You don't need him. You're all good. You're beat all the good. Raiders. Uh, we have more NFL on the way because we're going to take a look at the two big games we want to preview for this weekend coming up next. But a big story today out of the NFL, and I can't believe we're still talking about Des Bryant, but we're still talking about Des Bryant. But you have to hear the audio. Jerry Jones pretty much closed the door on a reunion with Des Bryant today. Des Bryant is still trying to get back in the NFL, and now at this point, I wouldn't doubt that Des's whole plan was to sit back and wait for the Cowboys to call him and say, okay, we need you. Our offense stinks. Des, we need you. Come back. I wouldn't doubt that that's where he's at because he turned down stupid money from the Ravens. You know, he went to visit the Browns and wanted more money. Yeah, but how much? it was ridiculous. And and so how he is not playing when he's had a chance to play when I'm sure his agent has told him, hey, Des, take this money. This is as best it's going to be. No, 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 no. Hey, here's an offer from the Browns. No, 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 no. Then he goes on Twitter and he attacks everybody. He attacks the cabinets. He's not getting – He he's a drama guy, and that's all he is, and he's hurting his own cause. But I wouldn't doubt if the biggest thing, what he wanted, was hopefully to come back and the Cowboys to bring him back. Like, that's my ultimate goal in this. They release me, but they'll bring me back. But they still love me. Yeah, there's there's still some of that. But just think about it. if he'd been smart enough to sign the deal in Baltimore, mm-hmm. running opposite John Brown, and what they're doing with that offense right now. Yeah, yeah. that could be a lot of fun. Des could have gotten some of those numbers back. He could be underachieving in in Baltimore now. You could talk. Oh, sorry. Uh, but but he might have talked up Joe <laughs> Flacco as elite again. That might sure. be a topic. Oh, Joe Flacco could be elite. Could be. So. This is how Jerry Jones kind of closed the door on Des Bryant earlier today doing a phone interview. Now, remember, this is Jerry Jones talking about Des Bryant. Why do I need to say this? Because you need to remember, this is Jerry Jones talking about Des Bryant. I know I'm the one to ask as a response to that, uh, but uh, as you know, we're friends. To say the least, we're friends, and I have a lot of... uh, pride in, in uh, where Dak is relative to our relationship as it pertains to him as an individual. I mirror feelings of that nature. It just seems like Dak is a cowboy. Uh, but we've got to look at uh, uh, what we're all having to uh, deal with, and that is uh, what's in the best interest of the team. So um, that's a different story there. Uh, the different story is because he kept saying Dak instead of Dez. Now I understand Dez, Dak. Dak does. We know what's on his mind. You know, Dak has uh, really got to figure stuff out. But, you know, Dak, Dez, Dez, Dak. Because Dak reminds me of Tony. I think about Tony. And, uh, boy, uh, uh, who are we talking about? Well, I think we can all What'd agree. Just there? put the ball in Ezekiel Elliott's gut 25 times. Oh, then you got Good Zeke. things are going to happen. He'd be so confused. Dak, Dez, Zeke. Oh, I mean, for come on. He, he would. He'd be, you would know what he was talking. about. Yeah, but about. you'd watch that sitcom, wouldn't you? Uh, Dak, Des, and Zeke. I think that's on somewhere. Dak, Des, and Zeke. Doesn't that sound like it could be a good sitcom? It sounds like something that would be on like Pat or the old Spike. No, yeah, not the Paris. old. Where Spike. have you guys been? It was on last year and it stunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't get them twenty four seven. I mean, uh, that could have been nobody fun. needed that. Seems like Dak is uh, part of the team. Oh, Jerry, he is a part of the team. Well, but he's not right now. No, but that's Des. Uh, that's who I said. No, but you're talking about, look, Des Bryant 
may not play again in the NFL. Because at this point, if no one has signed him, to bring him in to a situation where he has acted full of drama since his release from the Cowboys, that's going to scare people off. Maybe he gets a chance in the offseason. And going into next year, a team can bring him in and say, all right, we're going to bring you in, and we're going to see, and you're not getting paid. We're not really going to pay you, but that's really it. He's got to look at things like, I may be done in the National Football League. And is he done because he can't play anymore? Or is he done because he wasn't the guy he was, didn't take advantage when somebody wanted to pay him, and now over the last few months, teams have realized, I don't know that we're a Des Bryant away from anything. Nobody nobody is. He's just another guy. Well, no, that's the problem is that he was no longer number one Dez. He was see now I'm going Dak and Dez number in my one, head. You got me pausing. Dez Dak. He he had Dak. turned into a two two B Dez Bryant, right? He was no longer a number one wide receiver and wouldn't accept that he was a two or a three. And that's where you end up getting into problems. And we've seen this with many receivers through the years. I just watched the uh the Empire Strikes Back and I saw the the Dak guy um, uh, who was in Luke's ship, and uh, he was uh, a little bit too uh, wanted to take on the Empire by himself. And uh, Luke went back for Dak, and uh, Dak kind of kind of uh, uh, died uh, in the movie. Sorry, that's a spoiler for a movie that's uh, uh, about 30 years old. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome. We got more on Clayton Kershaw's night coming up in 15, but straight ahead. The biggest games in the NFL this weekend. We break them down, pick them. That's next. This is Fox. Take off your uniform. Take off your cleats. Take off your jock strap. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. For more info, visit geico.com. Oh! We'll have more in the night for Clayton Kershaw and the Dodgers coming up in 10 minutes as, boy, what a night it was. But... We're getting set for a very big weekend in college football and the National Football League. Tim Tebow's a hot take machine. It has been an awesome, awesome night so far. But we're going to spend some time right now spotlighting a couple of the big games coming up this week. And if you listen to the show this week, you know how I feel about this game. Broncos, you know how I feel about this game. I Most of the time when we get excited about games, it's because – there's some great off-the-field storyline that plays out. Whether it's Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown's relationship, Le'Veon Bell not being there, whatever it is, there's usually stuff off the field we get into things. Very rarely is it just about wanting to see how two teams do against each other on the field with nothing else on the outside. And that's how I feel about the Jaguars and the Chiefs. If you told me two years ago, you're going to say in 2018 in October that uh, Jaguars-Chiefs, you can't wait to see it, and that Syracuse is going to be 4-1, and one, I would say, yeah, right. But <laughs> I can't wait. This may be my NFL game of the year to this point, knowing full well we got Chiefs and Rams uh, coming up in a couple weeks. To this point, this is pure excitement from a football standpoint because if any team can slow down Patrick Mahomes, it's Jacksonville. Because the Broncos gave us kind of the blueprint on Monday night. We get pressure on him, make him uncomfortable, don't let him get outside the pocket, and he'll throw the ball early. And that's what he did. He misfired a lot the first three quarters. At the same time, you have to have tight coverage 
on Kelsey and on Tyreek Hill. And the Broncos did it for the first three quarters masterfully. They had a tough time moving the football. Then they got exhausted and they couldn't defend like that anymore. And the Chiefs made enough plays to get two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. They broke through and Mahomes looked like he had a great game at the end. He was over 300 yards and a couple of touchdowns. This is a different animal. If any team is going to slow down the Chiefs and Mahomes, it's going to be the Jaguars. And I'll take Jalen Ramsey over Tyreek Hill in this big matchup because I've seen Hill get slowed down. So I'll take him there. And I'll take Jacksonville to win the game on the road because they're kind of finding their identity even without Leonard Fournette because they kind of have to. Because when you have a hamstring injury, you're going to be in and out of the lineup all year. It's going to be some weeks Leonard Fournette is up, some weeks he's not. He's not going to be 100%. So you have to find your identity. They did a little bit last week against the Jets. Blake Bortles had a big game. They ran crossing routes over the middle all day long. So they're never going to turn into a team that's going to score 40 points a week. But they will be able to score enough. It wasn't too long ago Blake Bortles was one of the up-and-coming young passers in the NFL. I'll take Jacksonville over the Chiefs in a game I can't wait to see how it plays out. I'm intrigued by that game for a number of reasons, particularly on the offensive side, to see what Yeldon can do instead of Fournette and, and whether that Kansas City defense can get that one stop that they need. Because clearly when we look at the quarterbacks, you would say decidedly advantage Mahomes, but maybe not so fast. Bortles really growing into his role there. Uh, the, the game that spotlights for me, I mean, obviously Washington, New Orleans getting a lot of run. The 58 over under total for Atlanta, Pittsburgh. We've broken that game down mm-hmm. every way till Sunday. I'm looking at Miami, Cincinnati. Look at you, two teams nobody believes in. But three, both three and one teams. You look at Andy Dalton. Tyler Boyd stepping up. We gave him to you on fantasy a few weeks before everybody else jumped on board the bandwagon. No Tyler Eifert, the broken ankle. Sorry to see him hurt again. A.J. Green, even though he was slowed down, comes back, scores the game winner in week four. Uh, no Gio Bernard, but Joe Mixon's back. So you got a lot of moving parts there. On the other side, Miami, paper champion to some degree, right? We're putting the big question mark when everybody was killing the Patriots, it was all, well, who's going to beat them? Who's running away and hiding? Sure as hell not the Dolphins, but here's an opportunity for a statement game with all that speed. When you look at Grant, you look at Kenny Stills, can Ryan Tannehill deliver in a big spot? Your guy, the Drake, can they offensively put up enough to get it done? Uh, I, I think they do, because historically, teams getting buried like they did against the Patriots and then going on the road for the second straight straight time, come up with wins some 65% of the time. Tough spot, for sure. Yeah. See, I, I look at it this way. They lose Giovanni Bernard, the Bengals do, but they get Joe Mixon back. Of the two teams, because I don't believe in either one oh, of these no. teams, I believe in the Bengals a little bit more just because I believe in them offensively a little bit more. Any Dalton can still have a big day at home getting the team down the field. A.J. Green can still have a big day. So I believe in them a little bit more. And it's not about AFC and the Jets, the rival being the Dolphins. I just don't believe in the Dolphins. They've played a soft schedule. They were exposed by the Patriots. And now they got to go on the road. And Cincinnati generally plays well at home. Let me just put it in its basis terms. Plus six. <laughs> Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show. With my best friend Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. Coming up in one minute, well, we, well, we have some audio from the Dodgers post-game press conference you just, or from the Yankees post-game press conference, you absolutely have to Is hear. there any cursing? 
Uh, no, 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 no cursing. But you're gonna love it. I promise. You. It's gonna be just as good. Did they find that guy in the bar? It'll be just as good as Bill Belichick's from last night. Can we hear Belichick again? Yeah, well, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's good advice for all players. That, that, well, I mean, the two great lines he had in his post-game presser were, it's good advice for all young players, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, go Sox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a little bit, just stuck right up there. Trying. Standing in the back, Dave. Oh, don't give it away. We have that coming up a minute, as well as why what the Dodgers have done has been a masterstroke this week in the MLB playoffs. But first... Let's check out what's trending with Deb Carson, D.C. What's happening? Hey, tonight, Chavez Ravine. It was the Dodgers and Braves in game two of their National League Division Series. Here's a 3-0. Fly ball, left field, well hit, on its way, and gone! A two-run home run from Manny Machado. And Yasmani Grandal added a solo shot for insurance. Dodgers with a 3-0 win over the Braves on Dodgers Radio AM 570 LA Sports. So LA leads the series two games to none. It's also a 2-0 series lead for the Brewers over the Rockies. Milwaukee shut out Colorado today 4-0 in their game two. Game one at Fenway Park tonight. Red Sox held off the Yankees 5-4. Game two coming up Saturday night at Fenway. David Price on the hill for Boston. Masahiro Tanaka for New York. Astros hit four home runs in their 7-2 win over the Indians in game one of that American League Division Series. Game two Saturday in Houston. Garrett Cole versus Carlos Carrasco. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience had just two games on the ice tonight hurricanes won at columbus 3-1 and this one has just gone final from staples center the sharks beat the kings 3-2 in sudden death overtime thank you dc you bet we're live from the geico studios where 15 minutes can save you 15 percent or more in car insurance more information visit geico.com so tonight we watch clayton kershaw absolutely dominate the braves Eight innings, the longest playoff outing of his career. Could have gone out for the ninth, but you heard him say after they didn't know who the pinch hitter was going to be. If Duda pinch hit, he would go out there because Duda's a lefty, but they didn't. Flowers came up, so they went to Jansen to pitch the ninth. And Dave Roberts talked about uh, the comebacker that Kershaw took that his hamstring tightened up a bit. So how much that plays long term? Don't know, but the fact that he offered that up seemed a little little out of sorts. Uh, yeah, we're going to hear from Dave Roberts coming up in a couple of minutes because he is doing a victory lap tonight. Uh, oh, we sure. told you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, every night that starting Hyunjin Ryu over Clayton Kershaw in Game 1 was the right move because the Dodgers needed to move away from Clayton Kershaw because they relied on him to do everything in the postseason the last six years, and it hasn't worked out because Clayton Kershaw has been average in the postseason. He hasn't been awful. He hasn't been great. He's been average. He's 500, and his ERA is 4.5. That's been who Clayton Kershaw is. And the fact that the Dodgers have two other pitchers who, quite frankly, pitched better than him this season, they saw this we can strike a blow and do three things all at once. We can get Ryu to start game one at Dodger Stadium where he's been great all season, ERA is 1.15 at home, and save Clayton Kershaw for game two. We can strike a blow that if we do this, Clayton Kershaw may be pissed off, and we may get a better Clayton Kershaw in the playoffs because he feels slighted. And in the end, if he wants to opt out of his contract at the end of the year – We know our future without him 
is going to be a good one because we have good pitchers now that we can rely on. Walker Bueller is fantastic. Ryu is very good. They are driven and built through this lineup and a couple of good pitchers now. It's not just Clayton Kershaw or nothing. They went to the World Series, and Kershaw missed a huge block of the season. This year, he was their third-best pitcher. They still won 92 games and went to the playoffs. So when you take a guy making $30 million for the next two years with back problems, if he's pissed off enough to walk away at the end of the year, you'll be okay. All three of these things have happened now for the Dodgers because Ryu was great in game one. Kershaw's pissed off. He had a different edge to him. We saw in his statements last night he was – Upset with being pushed to game two. He said it after the game tonight. We played you the audio from Ken Rosenthal on Fox Sports 1. And now if he goes away, you understand things will be okay for the Dodgers. These last three games have been a change in the Dodger franchise. Bueller against the Rockies to win the West. Ryu in game one. Kershaw here now. Some teams have only played one game in the playoffs. But clearly the Dodgers look like a different team than they were last year. Not just hungrier, but a team that is more they can depend on their starting pitching rather than hope they get a great effort from their starting. Because last year it was, well, we hope Kershaw's great. We hope that Darvish is great. And then you hope that, well, Hill can be good or whoever else is pitching. Now, after this week, it's, well, we know Ryu's going to be great. We know Bueller's got it. And now we know that Kershaw is a different guy because he's really upset. So everything the Dodgers want, they accomplished this week. This has been a master stroke week from the Dodgers. No, that's just it. You you fought the last couple of weeks to get in. You you go back and forth. You have the early fight from the Diamondbacks. They fade, and then you're going back and forth with the Rockies. So they're battle-tested. We saw a year ago a lot of these guys have been through the postseason wars, and you've got a lot of faces of the franchise, not just because it's Los Angeles and everybody gets a little bit of star time and you, and you try to – take care of the the players on your squad and, and get them their face time and recognition. No, a lot of these guys have had their star turns all along or were highly touted coming up. So now it's just coming to fruition. A few years ago, it was the occasional, hey, here's Manny Wood or whatever the case would happen, <laughs> and Clayton Kershaw, yeah. right? Yeah. It was one guy. Yeah. He was the face of everything. Mm-hmm. Well, now the team as a whole has so many of those guys, including Machado, who homers tonight. you got to figure out, is he coming back or does he want to go to Philadelphia or New York or wherever he's going to end up? But when you look at your rotation, it was four guys that you hoped would get to the fifth, yeah. maybe to the sixth. And you looked at a lot to of bullpen. Fifth, at a sixth. Exactly. <laughs> a lot of bullpen. Hey, just trying to enunciate. To the fifth. Fifth and a sixth. And a sixth <laughs> that you're getting deeper into games. And Ryu, you played the hot hand. Mm-hmm. Right, just from the pure metrics of it all. I'm take emotion out for a moment. This is cold hard facts. You got a guy that pitches near to a one at home in his nine starts. You don't look away from that. <laughs> that you have to give him the opportunity to go out and set the set the tone for the series, and they did. And then Clayton Kershaw comes in, and now you've all but put the dagger into the Braves. He gives off a lead, a lead up double to Acuna Jr., and that's it. One more hit in his eight innings of work. Just a masterful performance, only three strikeouts, and and you vanquished a young team that got there a bit too soon, and you've set things up. And if Clayton Kershaw continues to pitch with that edge, how how dangerous are you now? And then you get Bueller back in the mix. You've got three guys, and whenever you've got three guys in your rotation that you can trust to that level, you're almost unbeatable in today's baseball. 
Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. How about a little bit of Dave Roberts? Let's go. Feeling pretty good after the Dodgers held the Braves to a grand total of zero runs through the first two games. Can I ask you about uh, the deke with Clayton in the ninth, sending him out and then making the change? Well, it's just more forcing uh, Brian's hand. Um, if they would have brought Duda up there to face Clayton, he was going to face him. Um, but to, for them to burn two players for one move, um, I felt that that was a way that you can get use their two best hitters off the bench and um, get our guy in there. Go in the back. Dave, how much consideration did you give to like Clayton finishing the game tonight? Um, not really. Not, not a whole lot. Uh, you know, he took a ball, I think, off the, in the fifth inning, sixth inning maybe, off the hamstring. And um, so as the game progressed, uh, it continued to tighten up a little bit. And so for me, um, I thought obviously he had really good stuff. But then as you get to the sixth, the seventh, and the eighth inning, and understanding that the, that, uh, the potential that it is tightening up, um, I felt we had a pretty good option in Kenley back there. So uh, right there, yeah, again, if we had the matchup, I was going to go with Ken, uh, Clayton for another hitter. But as far as finishing the game, um, I didn't think too much about it. Tim right here in the front. Dave, what do we make of eight innings, 85 pitches, three strikeouts? What, In your mind, what were we looking at tonight in terms of who Clayton is and, and what he may be becoming? Um, he pitched. He pitched. Um, I think that... It was, it was uh, one of, for me, uh, one of the best outings that I've seen that I can recall in the sense that um, he used his complete repertoire of pitches. Um, he used both sides of the plate. He changed eye levels effectively. And um, he really pitched. And so with that, uh, there was a lot of soft contact uh, he was in complete control, and um, it was really, uh, you know, you got Sandy Koufax in the front row, and you've got Clayton. He, he was, uh, he was uh, outstanding tonight. Yeah, given all the distractions of this week, how impressive was this? Even more impressive, he was able to put all that aside. Um, it, it is impressive, Bill. It's not a surprise. Um, this guy is. Uh, potential Hall of Fame player. Uh, so uh, to, to, to have the noise around him, but when it comes to his day to start and to uh, help his ball club win a game, I had no concern that anything was going to affect him. Um, and, you know, our decision, I think there was a lot of, of it was made of it. But I think that um, I feel good, we feel good that we put both those guys in the best position to pitch well. So there's a little bit of Dave Roberts. Notice the uh, uh, the unadulterated praise for Clayton Kershaw. He pitched. He pitched. I'm going to say good things about him because now you got what you wanted, but now you had. This is a very tenuous situation with a very upset Clayton Kershaw, and now you got to make sure you can ride him for the postseason and see how things turn out. That he's not too pissed off. He wants to leave in the offseason. No, that's just it. It's you, you're always doing damage control after a decision like this. And Clayton Kershaw, there, there's the difference between Clayton Kershaw, the prideful man, and Clayton Kershaw, the guy who understands what the team needs 
and how to go out and just, as Bill Belichick would say, in between eating chicken or whatever we're calling it, uh, doing your job. <laughs> okay, and and Clayton Kershaw knows when they give him the baseball, go do your job. And he came out and he pitched his ass off tonight. But the fact of the matter is Dave Roberts knows that there are going to be conversations about this whenever the season does come to an end. And I got to be honest, I didn't like the guy who was calling out for the questions. No, not nearly I didn't as like that guy. No, no, no. The not nearly is as wrong. good as the ALDS guy. No. That guy who was calling out reporters, he was just, you know, a big, deep voice, Jim over here, John over there. No, no. I like our guy calling out from the ALDS game tonight between the Yankees and the Red Sox. We've talked about this guy before. I have no idea who he is, but his voice is just great. And Alex Teichert has put together the best of our guy oh, great. from tonight's post-game press conference. Go ahead. Standing in the back, Dave. Uh, Ken. Uh, back corner, Jeff. Uh, Chad to the left. And you know he's kind of got the of Belichick as I well. I think he does. I think he's everybody is eating apparently before they, they say something. Is there a lot of free food going around? Just well, to, you always got to get to the banquet and the buffet at mm. the media room. No question mm. about it. Skin of the hot dog oh, is oh. right. That's what I'm Grim, grim I mean, the other day they had a Deer Deli Sunday bar at one of the games. Uh, Mike with the Sunday? Uh, Mike with the hot fudge. Twitter out, how about a fresca? Mike at Swollen Dome. Coming up next, wait till we tell you what one fan did today after his team hit a home run in one of the LDS series. Fox. Huge boner. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Very Fox sexual. Sports Radio. Yeah, we are. Strong Twitter game. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. And maybe the best story of the day today was the story of Eddie Flores. Eddie! Eddie's, Eddie's a Houston Astros fan who bought $500 worth of beer for everybody sitting around him after he predicted George Springer would homer in game one of the ALDS. Now, today we watched the Astros beat the Indians 7-2. And before the fifth inning, Eddie Flores said, George is going to go deep, and if he does, I'm going to buy a beer for everybody in my section. Springer went deep, and he bought a lot of beer. I mean, $500 is like eight beers. It's a lot of yeah, money. It's a lot no, of money. A lot of mileage uh, for 500 bucks. Because I think you actually get a little bit of value in Houston, don't you? Oh, yeah, maybe a little bit. Maybe. Well, it's not here. I mean, here in Los Angeles, I mean, that that's it literally maybe eight beers. But I think in Houston, you might be able to double that, maybe triple that. But the fact that everybody got to drink on his behalf, yeah. just because of an off, you know, he probably had one too many, made the proclamation and just said, out of hell with it, keep going. What do you got, Golden Headphones? Now, I've gone back several times, guys, and listened to the audio. Uh-huh. Something's very wrong here. All those people got free beers for no reason. Why is that? This guy said if Jerry Springer <laughs> goes Jerry, yard here. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. That's how trashed he was. You know, you know how fun that show used to be when something would happen and people would just chant Jerry Springer's name? Oh, sure. Oh, he's, the not best. Do, he's not doing anything. Two women are fighting. That show was so epic. God bless him, that man. That the security guard has his own no, show. That guy's been going on a decade with his own show. <laughs> but I got to be honest. I dig Eddie doing this because not too long ago, I did it. I did it for a bar I was at. This is in 20- How long ago is this? Well, this is 2010 because it's the last time the Jets were good. 
The Jets in 2010, when they so went you were to the, trading on Sanchez. It was the yeah. It's it was trash. the year they went to the AFC Championship game against the Colts, and they needed to win the last game against the Colts okay. to get to the playoffs. So I'm in Michigan with my wife's family, and it's such a huge game. And I said, I gotta go watch this game. You know what's better about this though? Like what's that? It, it would have been better if this was during the Andrew Luck era. Because then you would yeah. have vanquished Andrew Luck, too. Well, the, and the so it would have tied everything together. The thing <laughs> is, the Colts benched Peyton Manning at halftime because right? they didn't want him. They, they were not playing for anything because Sorgy, they had home field all the way through. <laughs> so I said, I got to go watch this game. We win. We're in the playoffs. And she goes, well, I'm doing, you know, we're, we're doing stuff here with my grandmother. I said, well, I'm going to go watch a game. So I went up the street to a bar by myself to watch this game. McCaffrey's name of the bar. Nice. So I go there and I go in and the Jets are playing and they win and I'm so bleeping excited and the waitress comes over and says, "Would you like another drink?" I go, "No." I said, "Yes." And you know what? I want to buy a drink for everybody in here. I was wow, just so look happy. at you. And she goes, "You want to?" I said, "Yes." The Jets just won. I want to buy a drink for everybody. She said, "Okay. Uh, all right. I'll I'll let you know. We'll ring it up and I'll I'll give you the prices." And the, I said, "Yeah, yeah. Buy a drink for everybody." She was like, "A bottle of beer?" I said, "Yeah." She goes, "Okay." So she goes back, she tells the bartender, the bartender looks at me, I nod my head, he gets on the microphone, he goes, hey everybody, everybody gets a free beer on Jason for the Jets win. They all go, yay! It doesn't matter. They could have said, everybody, let's get a free beer on Jason because he just lost all his money in a Ponzi scheme. Yay! It doesn't matter. It was free beer. The best part of the story is that I buy the beer Mm -hmm. and... People are coming over to me saying thanks. It was That's so, kind of a big deal. It's it a good gesture. Awesome. They all thought I had bet and won money on the game because the Jets weren't supposed to win this game. And they all thought I had bet. And they were like, how did you know? What would you know? Did you bet straight up? I said, no, I'm just a Jets fan, and they won. They're going to the playoffs. And they were like, oh. So they're all a little disappointed. Uh, it doesn't have the same same resonance, right, because you're in Michigan. Right. Yeah, they're like, oh, okay. So they come to me with the bill. And I'm going, oh, my God, this is – and I said, okay. I said, how many how many drinks – she goes, so it's 47 drinks. And I go, wow. I'm like, okay, this is going to be like – If they took that's care a, of me, A minimum like, $200? No, no, no. If it's bottles of beer, it's probably going to be it's, – it's Michigan. So I'm thinking it's like maybe like 125 bucks, 130 and uh, That's still ridiculously right. cheap. And she comes back, and, and I see the bill, and she hears the bill, and I said, I'm sorry, you must have not charged me. She goes, yeah, no, we gave you the, the specials. We have specials on stuff. A lot of people had OV splits. I said, okay, and I looked, $31 for, for 47, 47 That beers. doesn't make any sense. They had this special on OV splits, and a lot of people were drinking them because OV free? splits are tiny. I don't they know. They pay you to and drink I go, it? I go, but this 47 <laughs> They go, yes, but we gave you the we gave you the, uh, uh, the special. I'm like, all right, so I tipped her like 30 bucks, and I was like, this is awesome. Thank you so much, and she was so happy, and, and I was like, all right. I walked out. That's the most absurd Everybody, break in a bar I've ever heard. <laughs> Everybody waved me when I was leaving. They all said, thanks. I was like, this is one of the greatest few minutes of my life right here. Pretty and good when you're in for just a over a buck. Yeah. <laughs> buck a drink. Nicely was, done. I was just in a bar. It was awesome. And I walked out. I bought everybody a drink. Pam Tell you like, what, I'll cash out your 401k for next week, <laughs> and we'll try that again here in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's, it's going to be a little bit more money. How much was time. it? $9,000. Harmon, what do you got? What what do you got in your wallet there? Dollar. Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Coming up next is Jonas Knox, and he is walking in just like Buffalo Bill did in this scene in Silence of the Lambs. This is Fox Sports Radio. I like Fox.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine tingling shows on AE Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.